I'll never hear that song and not picture that part from the video where it's just Dime's hair fucking going yes. and he's just playing that Yes, riff. yes, 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 yes. Oh, because yeah. there's so much happening yes. here and he doesn't know what he's looking yeah. at. Like, chicka, 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 chicka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh-huh. It's just, it's just his, you can't see his face, so he can't see his guitar, I don't think, but he doesn't need to. Yeah. And it's just, it's precision and it's like speed. There's and, no line. Oh, there's no different. Like, God. where does Dime end and the guitar start? <laughs> no, it's, uh, no one knows. Oh, man. And yeah, yeah, and like, and I think of Phil like doing this number, (laughs) (laughs) like with the mic fucking tied around his head, you know? Yeah, right, right, like that. But yeah, watching watching Dime play that riff at that point where he's just like losing his mind but not missing a fucking note, and it's completely precise. That was the point where I was just like. If I'm trying to sit there and play along, I'm just like throwing the guitar down and walking out of the room. It's, <laughs> it's over. It's over. You can't. Right. Right. What can you do against? Right. Like, it's fucking over. You yeah. can't hope to do anything with that or against that. Episode 21, recorded February 25th, 2022. Um. But how are, how are you doing, and how are you feeling in, in un-Pantera-related matters? Uh, you know, not too shabby on a personal level, but on a on a global scale. Is some bullshit. Feeling pretty fucking rotten the past few days. Fuck yeah, man. I thought I was just going to be pissed off because of Greg Abbott's, like, fuck trans children. Oh, you, that was just the beginning. That was just the, that morning. And then it turns out later on that evening, Putin was like, fuck this. Did it happen on the same it's day? It's me. I think so, yeah. Oh, man. I remember seeing it all right around the same time. God. So, that... yeah, so, yeah, tran- uh, uh, Abbott, <laughs> Abbott. Trans Resner. Trans Resner. Um, uh, uh, Abbott was like, nope, trans kids. That shit's illegal now. <laughs> yeah. That shit's I, abuse now. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do some reading to under, understand those things better. Um so that I can just the the thing that happened, like what he what he decreed, basically. You mean? Yeah, yeah, and just to understand the the transgender subject and the situation and the mm-hmm. barriers and the barriers that they have to healthcare. Oh, right. And, and things like that, and and yeah. what's what a piece of legislation like that actually does. And yeah, because specifically, know, what it is is. Or as I understand it, is that he has made it to where having a child seek, or I guess having the parents seek on behalf of the child, uh, medical attention for uh, quote unquote like perceived gender dysphoria, is now uh, can be labeled as child abuse. Essentially, that's my understanding. Is what it is, and then it's also it's also sort of like. It's it. It's also this weird thing too because I don't know that it is legally enforceable because of the language of it. In the sense that it's like, yeah, anyone can report anybody for this thing, and that's like a. It's just like it's like the the abortion bill. Yeah, you know. Right. Um. But I I actually don't. I guess that's the one thing that I don't know is that is what is this piece of legislation? Is it just an executive order? Is it just right? Right, and I, I don't know. And and the other thing too is that I somehow didn't catch that part. That's a, a pretty important part, I think. Um, like not all people who are transgender, um, get the. I'm. I apologize if I if I don't use the right terms, um, but they don't, they don't get the, not all people, 
who are transgender get the gender affirmation surgery. Right. Yeah. And so what a bill like this does, I imagine, is it's going to, you know, it's going to just <laughs> like it's going to make it to where you as a you know, you as a, a person, a young person who identifies with a different gender than you were assigned at birth, that you can't get medical care. Like you can't yeah. go to the doctor for anything because then someone is going to need to report you for child abuse. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. Um, is that Abbott said we should do that, and not only did he say that, he also assigned some sort of a crazy task force to like go out and start looking for people who who are in the situation. What a wonderful use of our tax dollars. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, freedom. How's that? How's that freedom, Republicans? That you care about? How's that small government and freedom? It's not because y'all are full of shit. Because um, that's not what you really want. Because you can't do anything for your actual voters, so you just find things that are going to make them mad. Well, you know, the, um, the primaries are coming up, and so you got to right. You got to pander to that to that shitbag base you got going on. So, um, <laughs> you figure out how we re, re, how we really feel about things. Um, but uh, so yeah, so yeah, there was that the the lovely one-two punch of that, and then Russia just uh, so. saying, "Hey, what's up, Ukraine? We're gonna just show ourselves in here." Yeah, and then and Belarus was like popping in the side side door, the and the and the sub window, and be like, "Hey, can we can we come too?" Right, and again, a, a thing that I I don't feel like I I don't all I know is that the Ukraine Russia problem is an old problem. It is an old problem um, because yes, they. They were part of the Soviet Union at one point. Well, it, I mean, and even like a thousand, thousands, like a thousand years old problem, oh, sure. I think in some sense too, is just like that, you know. Here, how about, what, what's the, what's the ratio that you went with here? Um, so I did an altered ratio. Okay. Um, because what it's supposed to be, the actual recipe is two shots of this and two shots of that and a splash of Coke. But. Yeah, that's not what we want. Yeah, that's not what we're doing. So I, I did about, I did half, uh, you know. The same amount of this as I did of this. Gotcha. Um, I made it a little stronger than I meant to because I think I did about half the glass full of whiskey and then about a quarter of the glass of Coke. So I'm going to be sipping on this for a minute. Yeah, fair. Um, but yes, like you said, that's that problem is a very old problem in the history of humanity since. Right. Absolutely. And, right. And the history of, you know, in 20th century, you know, Geo, geopolitics, geopolitics and whatnot. And, yep. and I mean, it, I, I read a book a year ago or two years ago called The Road to Unfreedom by um, this author named Timothy Snyder. A very well-researched book. And he actually speaks like Russian and Ukrainian, so he's able to use a lot of primary sources and things like that. And it was about, it was about that transition of power from when the Soviet Union ended into Putin, yeah, and 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 like how how complicated that is, and how much of a problem that is that they didn't have a a standard for transition of leadership, and so and and he talked a lot about that, and um and he talked a lot about about the Paul Manafort stuff and and all the all the Trump 
collusion and all that sort of stuff. And he unpacked all that, all that, but it's, you know, I, I read it two years ago. I'm not going to try to, I, I don't, I don't have that stuff at my fingertips, you know? Right. Um, all I know, all I can really say is that like, this is something that, that Putin has been working towards for a long time. This isn't something that, you know, he decided to do. Oh, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not, it's not like, oh, Biden's in office. Now I'm going to do this. Um, right. And there was no shortage of people coming out of the woodwork to say, well, if Trump was still around, we would have never had this. It would have happened sooner. Uh, yeah. And, you know, but, but without like devolving into all that um, or of into the like sort of yeah, there's a way the commentary about it, right? Yeah. Like it's um, now it, it, the thing that's really messing me up is that I'm like watching this war unfold on English speaking Reddit, you know, on like, on like, so, you know, like, you like in its, and I mean, and that's been the case, like that's been the lead up, you know, like, like the past several months of, of seeing people worried, you know, Ukrainian people posting about it and just, and, and that, this is, this feels, you know, just that sort of weird thing and seeing, seeing like a social media platform do its social media platform stuff over images of war and, and images of, or images of, of, and. What do you mean social media platform doing its stuff? What do you mean by that? Um, you know, like, oh, well, this gets all the upvotes and this gets tracked to the top and, mm -hmm. you know, and. And then everyone, and then everyone jumps on board and spends a few seconds looking at it, and is like, "This is a good." Um, uh, right, I see. Just the, the way that people end up engaging with that information. Yes, yes, is, is how they engage with anything else on there, pretty much. R right, that's what I mean. That's a good way to say. I it, see. Uh, of in of engaging with like the harrowing reality of of war and invasion, and totally, that, and that loss of life, the same way that you engage with, you know, like. This bear's walking silly beside a bus. <laughs> yeah. So th this week has been really strange because – so I, I I stayed up really late the other night watching all that stuff unfold when, when they finally did it, decide to, to commence the invasion. And it reminded me a lot of uh, in 2003 when we went into Iraq. Mm. And I was – I remember I was working at HEB overnight and I was like sitting in the break room uh, eating my lunch and we had the news on TV and then that shit started – happening mm -hmm. and like you know live footage of like tanks rolling out into the sand and like wow right. this is wild um which at that time it, i think it kind of reminded me of 9-11 like watching that unfold on the news right live because that was kind of like the first big thing of our lifetimes which was like we're gonna see this happen now as it's happening yeah columbine kind of but but, yeah. but that wasn't after the fact yeah, exactly that was a yeah. we got home and there was something crazy that had yeah. happened yeah whereas I guess 9-11 kind of was the same way in that regard, too. Yeah. Well, it was different. 9-11 was a little different for us because we had just graduated high school. So we didn't, like, experience it at school. You know what I mean? Sure. So it, it wasn't like... I guess I'm just talking about seeing a, a, a big event like that unfold live on TV. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I know what you mean there also. Um, but yeah, well, you know, watching this reminded me a lot of, of like 20 years ago, yeah. watching that happen with Afghanistan as well. And, um, 
uh, yeah, I just sort of sat glued to it for hours and was like, this is happening in 2022. This is, how is this happening? Like, yeah, just un, sort of unbelievable. Um, yeah. But so this week, as, as this was all unfolding and we sort of all knew, like you said earlier, it was, we sort of knew that this was coming and, right. you know, it had been public knowledge as per our intelligence for weeks now. It was on the New York, like New York Times alerts every day. Like, right. You know, our intelligence says this shit's going to happen. So get ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, people, Americans get out of the Ukraine, get out of Russia, if you, you know, right. whatever you need to do. So there was this happening. And uh, to to your point a minute ago about like the way people engage with this stuff. Also this week, a video game came out. <laughs> yeah. That was, it's probably like the most highly anticipated game in years for a lot of people. <laughs> Elden Ring? Elden Ring. It's like the new Dark Souls game, basically. Oh, that's what it is. It's, it's the next game okay. from those guys. Okay. And okay. it's it's a, it's a big fucking deal, and I've been playing it for the past few days, and it's it's pretty is it, great. Is it good? It's pretty great so far. It, it kind of runs like shit at times, which is not great, so they're, they're working on that. But either way, at, concurrently, there was hype building for this new game coming out, and people wanted to pay attention to it, and it's getting amazing reviews, and people are gushing, and it's like... Right. It's it's the new one of these, and we're going to be playing this for years, because people play these games for years. Right, right, like, right. Like, I've got... I just played through Dark Souls 3 again the other day, and I've got, like, 300-some-odd hours in it, because I've played it so many times. It's going to be one of those. So I'm super excited about it. I've got this hype just building, and you can't, I can't wait. Skillful, motherfucker. Yeah, right? I'm good. I've played Dark I'm, Souls 2 for 20 minutes. Good. Well, that's a bad game, though. Dark Souls 2 is not good. Oh, really? Yeah, that's your problem. Are, 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 you, are, you, are, you, are you serious? It's it's fine. It's the worst one of those games, in my opinion. Okay. Like, by a lot. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Maybe okay. you just picked the wrong one. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe I'll, I'll try Dark Souls. Maybe I'll. Maybe so. Uh, you want Dark Souls? You come to me. I'll, I'll hook you up with some Dark Souls. <laughs> I got some Dark Souls for you. Um. <laughs> So yeah, that was happening this week, and people were like, "Oh, this is it's so cool! It's finally here! It's gonna be it's gonna be so fun!" Meanwhile, all this is also right <laughs> up next to it, and you're like, "I have to pay! I have this is real fucked up." But that game is, it's I can preload it, I can turn, I can play it, <sighs> and it was just so. On some level, it's like you gotta. It almost felt like I I had to. Like, I was going to pay attention to the Russia shit no matter what. Sure. Because they, you can't take your eyes off of that if you have a conscience. <laughs> uh, right. So I was going to – but it almost felt like I'm going to pay attention to that. All right. And then I'm going to completely unplug and I'm just going to go over here for a while. And I'm going to do this. Yeah. And that, I don't know how I feel about that. Whether Whether I see that as healthy or whether I see that as the wrong thing to do or – right. Does it matter? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the the 21st century dilemma in a sense is, you know. There, yeah. Something I think about all the time is like there's so much more to know about now. Right. How how can anyone stay sane? Right. Like what are, what is your moral – what is your moral or ethical obligation towards staying informed? Yeah. And yeah, right. You know, and where does that line hit the self-care line and where, you know, where does that hit, you know? But then again, when a lot of people, their, their, their nature of staying informed is scrolling social media and that's not, 
that's not healthy. No. Um, no, it is not. Doom scrolling yeah, is not yeah. a good way to be either. And and so, but that's not really necessarily staying informed. That's right. That's just that's just taking taking input, taking stimulus right as it comes, and do, not doing anything with it. Just right. taking more and more and more. Right. That's not that's not like doing that's, doing the work to try to educate yourself on the issues. And, right. That's not finding information about a thing that's happening and, and taking it and internalizing it and right. rolling it around and there, forming it. an opinion and. Right. And, I mean, and, it can be sometimes, but yeah, it's not by nothing. And large, right. It's not nothing. Right. It's not nothing. Um, yeah. It's better than sticking your head in the sand or, or whatever. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, I. We were so spoiled, you know, and our parents were so spoiled growing up in the media environment that we did, where, well, all the newspapers um, and all the news is saying the same thing. So that's what's that's what's real, and that's what we need to pay attention to. And, you know, and this, the the media landscape that we're in now is just, it's, I mean. Yeah. You know. Like, n not that I ever felt like I had 100% trust in the news media. Not that I ever felt like and, that. And nor that anyone ever should have. It, right, exactly. Uh, but it does feel like, um, it does feel like I can look back on the, the 90s maybe into the 2000s a little bit and with with like a a longing for that for that situation of media consumption because it's like how do you know what to believe anymore like i right. I, I approach every piece of news now with such like skepticism and right that that I'm, yeah no lie I, like I've, I've i've worked with people who who don't even bother to like look for a source on a Facebook post. Like, right. It's, that's so prevalent now. Right. And it's like, this can, this feels right. This feels true. So it is. What does true. that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> a, a friend of mine got in that argument with his uh, father-in-law. Um, he happened to be out of town staying at his conservative father-in-law's house while the January 6th thing happened. Oh boy. <laughs> well, how conservative are we talking? I guess, uh, very conservative. Like rooting for that. <laughs> oh, they're they're peaceful. They're, those are peaceful. <laughs> they just killed cops. They you just see killed, the flames. They <laughs> murdered cops with their hands. The... Well, you know, like that kind of and 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 my friend is a very. You know, he's an audio engineer. He's the guy who helped me design this place. He is, he's, he's like the, in a lot of ways, he's sort of like an embodiment of like the scientific process. Like he's very, he's very logical. Um, and so he's, he's like, well, why do you think, why, you know, okay, well, that's not true. Here's the sources why that's not true. Um, because you can have those long conversations when you're stuck in the same room with someone for a few days. Right. Right. Like you can have that. Right. And, and it, and it devolved, you know, into, you know, his father-in-law, like just, just saying like, well, you know, I just go with my gut. I just go with my gut. Right. I just so go with my get gut. Get down to it. Like, what do you actually. Like I decide what's true based on how I feel when I read it. Which essentially means whatever I want to be true. Yeah. Yeah, whatever comes what makes me feel better. Whatever confirms my worldview. Whatever yeah. you know. Whatever confirms my values. 
Um, that's what's true to me. And, and I don't, I mean, that was certainly true in the media landscape, you know, in, all- in the seventies and whatnot, but it was in a, I guess a more subtle sense. It was more in the like, okay, well, we're confirming like neoliberal values, right. Or we're confirming, you know, capitalist values in our portrayal of these things. It wasn't, um, so it was more related to the spin, not related to the actual this happened or didn't happen or these people were doing X or these people weren't doing X. Um, right. There was there was much less of a question of the factuality of things. Yeah. Yeah. We, we weren't in the post-truth era as as I've heard it called. Because if, if only for the simple reason that something was extremely unlikely to get coverage – at that level, if it wasn't happening. Sure. Like you could be reasonably fucking sure to say, oh, clearly that happened. Everyone's reporting on it. Right. And so there was a, there was, I think you're right. We were like spoiled. Like there was an implicit truth that you could glean from that. Right, right, right. Whereas I think kids today. And again, not to say that it never happened. Yeah. Surely yeah. shit I, got reported on that wasn't true. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to say that it was this you know, I'm not trying to say that that CNN and cable news were these bastions of no. of truth and and you know and objective and you know top shelf journalism. That's not what I'm. I'm not saying that right. at all. It's right. just like th- these things that you know, man. There's no simple answers, um, and these things exist on a continuum. You know, like it can't. It's not as simple as like. Well, things were a good then, and they're a bad now. Right. You can't. Exactly. That's not. That's not it. But it. But I think that because us and to a to a greater extent our parents, they grew up in a media environment where you didn't have to interrogate the. You know, you didn't have to look at a source of news analytically. You didn't have to consider what is the what is this. Um, you know, you didn't have to read it the way that you're supposed to read a piece of journalism, which is. Or a, any piece of writing, any piece of nonfiction writing, which is what is the uh, goal of this person writing this? What are they trying to accomplish? Are they trying to convince me of something? Are they trying to directly convince me? Are they trying to indirect, indirectly convince me? Are they appealing to my emotions? Are they, you know, the things that you learn in a that I, that I learned in my history one hundred and one class because I was fortunate to have a very good history teacher at Lee College, and so, or, and I also read Lies My Teacher Told Me. I read that book in high school. So I don't think I've ever heard of that. It's a great book. I can't think of the author right now on top of my head, but it's, it's a great sort of, it's sort of like in the Howard Zinn tradition of like, here's, it's like, hey, guess what? Helen Keller was, was, a, was an anarchist and Christopher Columbus was a fuckhead. And, and these are things that they don't tell you about. You know, they use these peoples as pawns to, you know, these use these people's, people as sort of caricatures to, to prop up these things, but they don't tell you what their lives are actually about. And I mean, that's just like the first chapter. Um, gotcha. But yeah, great book. Um, I can't think of the author's name, but lies my teacher told me. It's been in print forever. Um, James W. Wikipedia. Hang on. James. <laughs> they cut it off. James, <laughs> James W. Lowen. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> of the New Brunswick Wikipedias? <laughs> the very same. <laughs> um, oh, good. But but we didn't have to 
consider that like the news was the news. You didn't think that there was going to be like that kind of angle, that kind of hard angle on shit. Um, and, and so, you know, but I think that, I think that, I think the kids growing up now are, are going to, because they're seeing, I imagine they're going to grow up with this like intense filter of not believing anything. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Like any, any piece of news that comes across social media, like they're going to probably be like, "Eh, well, sure. Yeah. I wonder like to me, that's a huge question mark. Like, I feel like some people are going to go that way. Some people are going to go with like. Well, it had the most likes it it had. That was, I figured that's what was true. That why would it be getting so shared so much if it wasn't true? Yeah. Or or they're just going to keep some of their parents biases and just be like, well, it it was, it was in print. So it must be true. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I feel feel like there are way more, there's, there's way more variance to that. Right. Now it's only going to get more and more complicated as time goes on. Oh, for sure. Which makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I and guess. that kind of, um, you know, when you do the, whenever you look into the research, like on conspiracy theories and stuff, um, there, you know, there's a sort of, I, again, I don't have this stuff at my fingertips, so forgive me, but it's, you know, like just the, if you hear the same thing over and over again, it, you know, it confirms that idea for you. Um, so whether that information's right or wrong, if you, if you hear it over and over again, or you hear it from multiple sources, you know, and then the other thing about, or if you only listen to one source, right. Say that or one ecosystem, an echo uh, chamber, literally. Um, and, but then the other thing that happens, what I heard someone say was that, um, like once, once sort of like someone's mental or information well has sort of been poisoned by the conspiracy it's it's like it's too late like you can't you can't just add the right information in there and then it undo it you know like there's like an antidote there's like a, a a resistance to it you know right because the problem isn't that they don't know the right thing it's that they've somehow been made to believe this other thing it's not that they right. got the wrong answer right you right. know. And then, and then, you know, and when you're in that realm of the, of conspiracism, then, you know, those things are always sort of self-fulfilling and they're always, you know, anti-institution or anti-establishment or anti-authoritarian and it's, or, you know, anti, not authoritarian, they're anti-authority mm. yeah. um, in a sense. So it's always like, well, the, you know the professional, the experts are going to tell you this, but I'm telling you right now that. And so whenever, you know, that's the same thing that cult leaders do, right? Because you go to a cult and the cult says, when you leave, when you walk out here, they're going to tell you I'm crazy, but I'm telling you right now, I'm the only one that's telling you the truth. Like that's what they're going to say. And then you walk out of there and then you repeat what that guy's saying. And people go, yeah, man, that guy's crazy. And they're like, that's exactly what he said you would say. <laughs> and and that's like that's like part of their rhythm, you know, man. That's mm. like that's like part of their like, you know, they're like one, 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 two, three. That's that's part of their jab cross hook, you know, <laughs> of, of how they of how they operate. Um, you know, and so 
you, you like you can't and now whenever sort of everyone gets to kind of like choose their own lens you know what do you what do you do about it you know you can you just you know there's not much you can do um yeah it's uh it's uh daunting to think about mm -hmm. it is uh frightening yeah i don't i don't want to get it get into it now but i feel it coming like i feel i feel like i'm gonna need to like say my piece about joe, uh, yeah about joe rogan soon <laughs> oh boy yeah okay um yeah, i don't want right. to i don't want to get into it now um but some of the things i was talking about um so there is a youtube channel called for harriet that's run by a woman named kimberly can't remember her last name wikipedia I'm Kimberly of the Baltimore Wikipedias, of the Very Oklahoma, same. of the Oklahoma Wikipedias. Oh, um, well, that's where she's, that's, you know, she's, she's from Oklahoma and Texas and okay. whatnot, but, um, incredible, you know, it's, but the, the, the YouTube channel is called for Harriet and it's like a black feminist space mm -hmm. and she does amazing interviews, amazing, amazing stuff. And, um, she recently put out a video about about the the Joe Rogan thing, mm -hmm. and and I feel like it was it's just extremely insightful, and and sort of like the number of insights you get like per per you know minutes is is much higher. <laughs> okay, you know high insights per minute. Yeah, high insights per minute. Okay, um, for Harriet. And so, but uh, but a lot of those things that I was talking about with conspiracy theories and like, oh, the well's already poisoned. I'm parroting things that I heard in her sort of takedown in, in that in that recent video that mm. she did. But yeah, she does. She says some great things about it. But the thing I haven't heard yet, I haven't heard someone sort of talk about their movement from you know, Rogan super fan. <laughs> to fuck that guy right um which is me because i was i was an a, a rogan super fan acolyte if you will you know i, I started doing jujitsu and you know you you know much like at the uh you know because of getting involved in his content you know and i got really into ufc and mma and and went and saw went and saw him in Austin. Went and saw him in Dallas. Went you know right. went and saw him all over the place. You know what I mean? I was that was like my shit for like from like 2010 to like 2017 ish. You know, right? So that's probably a whole episode there, <sighs> man. Probably because <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot yeah. because it's you know, but 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 the but fuck that guy. For let me be very clear. There's this not there's no Rogan apologist left in Joe me. Rogan? No Rogan no motherfucker. Rogan. Yeah, no. There's no there's not a there's not a Rogan apologist bone left in my body. No, <laughs> fuck that guy. Um and fuck his irresponsibility. You don't get to say you don't get to say like I'm just a comedian, I don't know anything, motherfucker. I didn't mean for this to get famous, motherfucker. You're cashing those checks. Don't tell me you don't know your reach. You're cashing those checks. It costs a million dollars to advertise on your show. You know this. Fuck off. I take responsibility for your fucking platform, you know, you goddamn asshole. Um, don't, yeah. you know, like don't, don't like get to, you know, you don't get to play like anti, you know, like anti-vax skeptic whenever you have resources, access to resources that other people don't have. 
That's yep. the that's the thing, right? Like, I'm, if you're young and healthy, I don't think you should get vaccinated. Um, well, I got COVID, and I did all the things, and I got monoclonal antibodies. Like, the thing that you're supposed to give to people when they are dying of COVID. You know, this, you know, expensive treatment that that is that everyone agree works right like everyone's like yeah of course this works right and that's the thing right if you're if you're you know if you're a millionaire and and you and you and you get sick then you might have access to that yep but if you're just a normal 30 year ass 30 year old asshole who's you know just wants everyone to know that he's a man um so he's not getting the vaccine and you get sick and and you get the bad roll of the dice and it affects you, then you just end up dying in my wife's ICU because they don't have any more of it. Right, right. Because assholes like Rogan used it when they didn't need it. But anyway, mm. but yeah, like, yeah. anyway, yeah, fuck that guy. Speaking of conspiracies, fuck that guy. Speaking of, yeah. Um, that sounds like a whole episode to me, <laughs> or at least part of one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know how I want to approach it because I don't want to be like I I, I want to talk about what it what it, I want to talk about like that what it was like to go from a fan yeah. You know. Also maybe we can find some way to like massage that into a theme. Mm. Perhaps. <laughs> it would have worked well with the live episodes of like i went from a fan <laughs> to fuck this guy <laughs> damn it go back we haven't put release on me i'm gonna go back you know edit brogan they've all them shaved heads <laughs> it's a theme ah, it's a theme speaking yeah. of conspiracies yeah. yeah there it is um you lose your hair you become an asshole Oh, man. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> not much time. <laughs> yeah, not much time. So I better, we, we got to get all the compassion out of the way fast. All our compassion episodes, you know, quick, because I'm pretty soon, the second I start getting some likes, man, I'm going to talk, talk, turn into Hot Take Henry over here, you know. I think Abbott has a point, you know. It's child abuse. God, is anybody actually saying that? Someone's got to be saying that. Well, it, because they haven't taken the time to educate themselves on, like, all they know, all they know about the issue yeah. is is what they're told from, like, Tucker Carlson or whatever. And so they think that, what they think is that, you know, someone is like, oh, well, my son liked, liked, uh, you know, he, he decided that he liked something that was pink. So I'm going to, I am, I am immediately taking him to a doctor and having his dick cut off. Like that's, <laughs> that's their conception of what transgender is. Um, right. It or, took, it took me a minute to understand what direction you were coming at that from, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like that's why they're, why that's why they're like, yeah, Greg Abbott's standing up for our children, you know, because yeah. that's what, the, you know, because that's, that's their concept of what it is because if you never listen to a transgender person talk about these things, that's going to be what your concept is. Right. When, when only, when you're only listening to a talking head, that's telling you controversial shit because he makes money from ads and clicks and, you know, gets more engagement whenever you're angry and you stay on his platform. Right. Then that's, that's going to be your opinion of it. Yeah. 
you know, the, you're going to have some stupid fucking thing like that. Yeah, your, your conception of what transgender is or, or LGBTQ plus in general is just like stuck in the, in the right, early uh, 90s or whatever. Right. Or, or like, fuck that. You're stuck in the goddamn 1930s is where you're stuck at, you know? Because, yeah. Because that's, like that's like the first thing that fucking Nazis burn. Like, I'll burn all the transgender research. I'm not making that up. That's a real fucking thing. I didn't thing. realize that. Yeah. But I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there, yeah. there's a lot of, like, interesting things because, like, in the, in the you know, the Weimar Republic, you know, the, the, the state of Germany before yeah. World War II broke out, you know, like, Berlin was incredibly progressive and, like, this haven for, you know, progressive, open-minded thought and all this sort of stuff, you know? So there's – it's not – it's not what – it's not what we were led to believe that it was in our sort of, you know, the two days we spent on it in history class. Right. And whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, or like the trans with the transgender, like the bathroom bills or whatever, you know, and it's like, oh, the, you know, people want to dress up, want to dress up as women so they can go assault, assault people in bathrooms. And it's like assaulting someone in a bathroom already happens. And it's already a crime. And you already don't care whenever women get assaulted in bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but if, it, uh, if they're assaulted by a man who dresses up as a woman, now you care. That speaking of whole episodes. <laughs> sake. I guess what I, I guess what I was talking about with Abbott was just like I can't believe anyone. I have a hard time conceiving of someone who actually listens to Abbott. But then again, he got reelected. Did, is he, he's like a second. He's like a two-time at this point, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think so. I'm, I honestly I'm don't know. I'm scared he's going to be I'm elected a, again. I'm embarrassed yeah. to say that, I, that I'm, you know. But it's like, it, it's so weird trying to be sort of like left-leaning and politically active in Texas because it feels so futile. Because you, you're like, well, no matter what I fucking do um, – on the you one know? hand, on the one hand, it does. On the other hand, there's like tangible progress. Sure. The other way, which is sure. nice. Um. And you've got people like Beto, like actually giving a shit. Sure. Making an effort. Right. 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 Um, right, right. You know, to to whatever, to whatever amount of success, I guess we'll see. Um. Mm -hmm. But you're right, though. It like with the shit that constant this constantly streams out of Austin. Right, Lit like uh, not litigation wise, but like legislation legislation wise. wise thank you. Um, it does feel like suffocatingly futile. Right, and it's like, all right, let me go and I just make sure. Let me let me just try to boost those. Like, or what if presidential elections come out? It's like, let let me go and just try to really boost boost that popular vote number. You know, um, it's so, you know, yeah. Because like the fact that Ted Cruz still has his position blows my mind. Uh, he is the exact <laughs> antithesis to what these people claim they value. Like his like his parents, like he's from Canada, his dad's, you know, like he's Ivy League, his parents <gasps> are intellectuals, you know, it's and, and and like he's a coward, you know. Um, he's kind of spineless. Um, oh, he's he's jelly all the way down. And so, you know, 
It, I don't know. It's strange. I, I don't get it. But it's just wild. He's a total shit poster of a politician and he makes people on the left mad. So I think that seems to be a big priority with uh, the, the, the current state of right of right leaning politics is right. you are su- as successful as much as you piss off the liberals. Yeah. So that was going to be my next point was like, I can't believe that people actually listen to Greg Abbott. But then what about all the people who voted for him? And support him. Well, like, we're fucking talking about him because we're mad. Obviously, so, yeah. There you so, go. So, like, if any, if it's any, working, if you're any, welcome, Abbott. Yeah. If anybody's like, oh, Pantera, I want to tune into this, and they're like, yeah, man, fuck those guys. This is exactly why I vote for Abbott again. Duh. They're so mad, and I can tell. Makes me so happy. Oh, you know, I'll fucking know. God, man. I don't know. Yeah. But so I, th- I feel like there's a so there's a theme. Right with all these things, right with with the shit that Abbott pulled, with what Putin's doing in Ukraine, and today, today February twenty fifth is the thirty year anniversary of the release of a vulgar display of power, <laughs> and I don't know if you can have a more vulgar display of power that uh, just not in the way that Pantera envisioned. I yeah, think. yeah, not the way Pantera envisioned. I don't think, but I feel like you know throwing out some haphazard like "fuck trans children" bill. Um, I feel like it's a pretty vulgar display of power. I think that's perhaps a more uh, a more precise uh, meaning to that. I right, right. Uh, like yeah. we're not talking about just a good old socket. You know, we're not talking about punching down. Like you know. Like just like just on someone who's like shorter than you, maybe, right? Um, I know that looks like punching up to me. That's yeah. There's an angle to that that I can I can get behind. Um, but yeah, no, and I mean, and you know, and of course the stuff that, you know, old Vladdy's pulling over there. You know, that feels like a vulgar display of power. Um, Yeah. (coughs) There is something I'm seeing in regards to the Russia shit that it that is sort of making me happy. I don't know how pervasive it is or whatever but like just like the little reports you see of like russian soldiers that were captured and they're like yeah we didn't know we weren't we weren't we didn't know we were gonna have to kill people we're not really down for this um i I haven't seen those reports but i i've i believe it or or them being like fuck this and like leave it their take and they're fucking like in their gear and just like nah man we're not doing this or all the russian citizens protesting yeah, like risking arrest. It's a pretty big protest. I mean, protesting over there is a big fucking deal. Yeah, that, that's it's different. It's different than it is here. It's very different, right? You are risking quite a bit more than... Yeah. And so... Um, and those things make me happy and make me hopeful in the sense that, you know, regardless of whatever bullshit um, and whatever economic reasons oh, for, for minerals or land or pride or whatever that are squabbles that leaders get into... If people understand, like, yeah, um, nah, man, I, I I see your memes. Like, I'm not I'm not really mad at you. Like, I don't, you know, people aren't aren't gonna have. I don't think that we're gonna have the capacity. Like war, like war is not gonna be able to happen in the same way that it happened in the early 20th century. If this, if 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 the combatants themselves see them, you know, are, are able, you know, are not going, are not going to be able to be all in. Right. You know? Right. Like if, if Russia, you know, if like Russian soldiers are like, man, this is not, 
this is kind of fucked up. You know, I don't, that's the kind of thing that like gives me hope. Yeah. In a sense, you know. Yeah. Um, Because that's, that's exactly what you, is the opposite of what you think of when you hear like, oh shit, they invaded. Because then you, then you immediately picture like people who want to be the, we like, want this land, ah, right? It's like, or are just like mindlessly listening to the people upstairs, and right, and, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's not like you know, like I don't think Russian soldiers are like, yeah, I'm, de- yeah, these oligarchs are definitely going to give me a piece of this, you know. You're right, yeah, and they know that now, you know, people, you know, and and so I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't know that if I have, if I have to be optimistic, if I have to be hopeful about something. That's what I'm choosing to lean on is that the is that we and then also it's like it's a dialogue too, right? Like I don't think that people would be talking about this in the same way, you know, maybe 50 years ago or even or even less in the sense that we are mad at Russian leaders right now for doing this. We're not even necessarily mad at Russian people. We're not necessarily. We're not. We're definitely not mad at Russian citizens, and we're not even really mad. I don't. I don't even feel really mad at Russian soldiers. It's like yeah, you're told to do a fucked up thing, you know. I mean, yeah, fuck you. Sure, fuck you. But I, you know, and I, th- I think that maybe on a global scale, that people's perspective on it is more focused on the leaders and not on. Yeah. These are, uh, you know, an immoral, dangerous people. Yeah, I think if absolutely nothing else, that's much clearer at this point in time than it ever has been able to be right. in the past. Right. Because, like, uh, I think they sanctioned Putin himself today, mm. finally, which they had sort of threatened to do. Yeah. And actually did. Nice. So that's good. Yeah. Um, fuck that guy. Because fuck that guy. I don't, I don't give a shit if you can do judo. Fuck you. <laughs> um, he rode that horse that one time. Whoop de do! People man. sure seem to like that. Uh, man, dude, fucking, I know lots of people that can ride fucking horses. <laughs> well, I can't. And I feel lesser of a man. I feel lesser of a man because I can't dominate this animal. <laughs> man, I, I, I rode a horse when I was a child. Like a fat, pudgy, like just timid child. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> I was given the opportunity to ride a horse a couple times, actually, because there was a there was a really rich family who lived across the street from my grandparents' place in Jasper, mm-hmm. and they had a, like a like, grandkid, and they were like, "If you ever want to ride, if you ever, if you ever want to ride horses, you know, come on over, and you can just come have fun." And I was like, "I'm scared of that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's appropriate. Be scared of. I don't know what that is." I'll so. stay away, thank you. But you know who does love to ride horses? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know who is uh, canonically great at <laughs> at uh, riding horses and cows? <laughs> the cowboys from hell themselves. So so yeah. Uh, so yeah, today today's exciting. Today is going to be a lot of fun. Today. We are going to 
I forgot about what this back looks like. I'm, I'm, ah! I've been staring at this fucking cover, and I just love it so much. I always forget how stupidly, like, badly composited they are. They don't, man. Like, oh, they, man. there's a lot of things that Pantera does amazing. And album covers, I don't know if that's one of them. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this is amazing in a very specific type of in way. In a very right? specific way, um, yeah. Um, not necessarily a good way. But, but in a way... They're all, like, a, a much... A much different shade of black and white than the rest of this picture. And I'm just mad. I'm just mad because they're like, "Yeah, give Vinny a sandwich," because he's the, you know, the, oh right, because he's he's the fat guy. I yeah, guess. that's yeah. doing Vinny wrong. Um, it's man. But yeah, so what we're gonna do today is we're going to sort of unpack our relationship with the first two Pantera records, and. It's going to be like a reflection. It's going to be a celebration um, because these, these, the, you know, Pantera is maybe the most like influential band on us as young people. Yeah. Um, I think that's safe to say. And, and we're, we, you for know, a lot of reasons, musically and like just like culturally, just the time. Like these were, these guys were from Texas. Right. Uh, some of them, not all right. of them, but yeah. Three quarters, man. Yeah. Um, and like Phil's from Louisiana, man. That's, that's about a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a Louisiana man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna honor honor Pantera, we're gonna pay tribute. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're going to critique. Mm-hmm. We're gonna critique some things, some musical decisions. And some uh, on-stage decisions and some lyrical decisions, because we have to do that. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, Phil. Oh, yeah. Um, I love you, Phil, but but fuck you for the things you've done and the people you've empowered. We'll get to it. Um, you'll, you'll have to, yeah, yeah, anyway. Because we got to talk about all of it, because it's it's all important, and it's all part of, like, the mammoth, prolific legacy that is Pantera. You can't, you know what I mean? So, and, which is something I don't know about you, but for me, it's that's hard to see. Yeah, um, because we we're, were so just, in it. We were just in it. We, we grew up with it. It was the norm at the time. But to to hear, like I watched, I watched about three quarters of that interview that you sent me. Yeah, with with uh, Phil and Rex. And so, the, the, so yeah, like and, I I I went. I had no idea that we were coming up on like the thirty year right yeah anniversary of Vulgar, and it just so happens we're recording this on like the day, which is amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Fucking a. But yeah, Revolver just put out a, this really cool interview of Phil and Rex, you know, talking about Vulgar. The two surviving members of Pantera. Right, talking about at this point. Vulgar. Yeah, and so I listening to that, and he was talking. He was you know. Talked about a lot of things, but specifically when he started talking about, you know, uh, the uh, the influence that the the sound of Vulgar had mm -hmm. on music going forward, which it definitely did, and the influence of like the breakdown of this love, yeah, and things like right? that, and I'm just like, you're so <laughs> right, but boy, did I never just that never even hit me, but you're totally right, yeah, it's... because that was always just. There that is. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like Pantera was was the room that we walked into. Uh, yeah, you know? pretty much. It was it, so like we can't it's hard for us to pick up the influ like the influence that it had. Yeah. You know, like Rex talks about Tom Morello taking him to the side and being like, Yeah, man, 
this riff influenced Rage Against the Machine. I think it was the riff for uh, that first Audio Slave single. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah, totally. I think that's what it was. Totally. He was like, we just like ripped this from, ripped this off from you guys, pretty much. Yeah, and, and like we, we thought that's just what riffs were supposed to sound like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause, because there, cause we had just because of being born in 83 and being, you know, I mean, we were nine when vulgar came out. Right. And so, and, and so, but we missed so much of eighties traditional heavy metal. We missed priest. We missed iron maiden. We missed accept. We missed exciter. We missed Exodus. We miss all these things. All the X's. All the X's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like so much of like the quote unquote traditional heavy metal. We we only got sort of these back roads in to the things that were still really um popular and relevant in the nineties. Like so still you know, Slayer, um still, Metallica still, um, you know, Anthrax a little but not really. I think I was a bigger fan of Anthrax than a lot of people were <laughs> in well, the 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me- Megadeth also a little um but yeah. But 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 still like not having we, there's just no way we were going to be able to see the big picture and see what was special about Pantera and see how Pan- how things were different. Yeah. You know what they changed and what they didn't change. You know, you know what I mean, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Because I, I went and listened to the their album right before this one a little bit. Um, oh, their previous one before Cowboys. Yeah, yeah Power yeah. Metal was that the one? I think that's the one, right? And it's you know, it's it's pure priest worship, and it's great. It's great if you have it. I'll, I'm going to go back and dig deeper into it later. But if you have the slightest bit of appreciation for sort of just like late you know like 80s traditional metal like priest or accept or whatever then you'll love it and and it's great for what it is you know um it's not glam maybe the earlier stuff is i don't really know yeah um i'll plan on going back and digging into that a bit for future yeah we're gonna do recordings. it we're gonna because we're gonna be talking about pantera for like three or four episodes <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be here a while he's gonna be here yeah we have um, lots of we have plenty you know, right? We've got a black tooth grin. Those need to be empty by the time we get done talking but about Pantera. By tonight? No, no, we're not. We're almost forty. We're not. We can't do that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I have to take care of a kid tomorrow. I've <laughs> oh. got a doctor's appointment for fuck's sake. Um, uh, yeah. All right. So, so yeah. So I had this idea. Yes. Right. Um, this would be just as good a place as any to start, right? Um, there's just so so we're we're first we're gonna talk about Cowboys from Hell. We're gonna to try to stay on topic. And so this was this was 1990. 90. straight up, and then mm-hmm. this was ninety two. Correct. So my so my, my 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 idea was that we would each pick three essential songs, and then also one track to trash. Like yeah. If you had to, if you had to have a track to throw in the fucking throw in the bin, right? Yeah. What would it be, right? So, what are your three essential tracks from Cowboys from Hell? Well, here's what I say: I'll I'll give you one, and then you give me one. Okay. Back and forth. Oh, you want to do that? All right, let's All right. do it that way. So, my my first one is Domination. Okay. Um, my first one is Heresy. 
Okay. I'm 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 going in track order. I'm going. No, on, this I'm, is this is good. This is good. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna like this then. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to do all of them, or do you want to talk about reasons? Or uh, no, this is fucking. We'll just go through it. Okay. So my second one is art of shredding. My second one is domination. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. My third one is cowboys from hell. My third one is Art of Shredding. <laughs> All right. So we have one difference. Yeah. One difference. So I picked Heresy. You picked Cowboys from Hell. So the one I can trash is Heresy. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Okay, that just totally blew my mind. <laughs> my trash was Message in Blood. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. I don't like that shitty 6-8 they do in the verses. <laughs> There is some seven eight in it though, which is cool. You know. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, if I had to pick one, message in blood, that's the that's the one I'm throwing away. Um, so right off the bat, it was incredibly hard to pick anything to get rid of from this album for me. Mm-hmm. I really like this album in its entirety. It's so good. It's so good for like weird reasons, for non-Pantera reasons so it, in, in some ways. It's like a fantasy comic book come to life. Yeah. Is that that's and it's so much th- this is probably my favorite Pantera. Like this is probably the Pantera record that I enjoy listening to the most. I think it is for me too. Currently. It's aged Currently. Surprisingly, it's aged the best for me. Yeah. I don't think I ever would have said it was my favorite when I was a kid because I would have been like, oh, that high singing's, that's homo, you know, like, or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, but. There, there was something about it back then that was like, it it, it felt okay to like leave it to the side. And, cause yeah, you, cause yeah, yeah, yeah. you had like fucking vulgar. Right, because that's the other thing too, is it like, I mean, it's different for you. It's different for you because, but for me, I kind of like, I got the first all the first three Pantera albums like all at one time. Okay, right. You know, like all of it. You know, like my first real exposure to Pantera was the live footage from Monst- the Monsters of Rock concert. Right. Um, which the, which is them playing Cowboys from Hell <clears throat> songs in a vulgar manner. <laughs> right. You know, it was like, like between those albums, kind of. It was while they were recording. They got that opportunity, and so you know, like they have the they're dressed the way they are in the <clears throat> vulgar photos you know what i mean oh, right like phil's got the cargo shorts and like the flannel and the shaved head and you know what i mean there's there's no remnants left of 80s metal right um it's just pure like hardcore like thuggish thuggish metal yeah yeah you know? right 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 um and so but yeah like So yeah. It, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was hard to pick a, a song to get rid of from this album. Like, so why heresy? That song is like such thrashy fucking goodness, it's just, man. It's just kind of the one where I I because I listened to this a couple times again, trying to trying to figure out what I wanted to pick for that because I nothing. Just thinking about it, a couple of them, a couple of the ones that I chose to keep was like, obviously I'm gonna pick this, and obviously I'm gonna pick this, and I had to go between a couple for that. But for the one to get rid of, I was like, I don't like I like all these songs, but I guess it's just like it doesn't do a lot for me in some ways. Interesting. 
Um, I, and I wonder it, if it's a. I wonder if it's because it's such a drumming. You know, um, there's just so much incredible. Like not just like oh that's fast or that's this or whatever, but there's. I guess I guess there's also just like and and so they can lick my sack and I was like yeah ah, sure I don't know. That's not doing anything for me. <laughs> sure, yeah. Maybe like back in the day, I was like, "Ha ha!" Like it's fucking suck, dude. Yeah, but it's it's a moot point. It's a great song, like whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. The the, I mean, I guess like I love it because you don't hear, you don't hear Pantera, do that very much. Like it's just it's like 180 BPMs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and like, that, dude, if anyone does that, like, if anyone is doing like the thrash beat and they throw just straight double bass underneath it, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna love it. Fair. Like, I, I, I call, the super skank is what I call that beat, right? <laughs> like, like, like machine head, right? Like clenching the fists of descent. Like that's like a slow version of it. You know, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you do that at any tempo. You're in. I am in. Man. Uh, so, so when I was first thinking about what song to pick for that, like when you think about this album, you think about the first half of the album and the second half of the album, or at least I do. It, Pantera, the A side Kings, man. They they bring it up in that fucking interview about about right. They're like they're sitting there trying to remember what's on side two of Vulgar Display I can't of Power. Even remember. Also. Well, we'll get to that. I love that they say, what's on the side two? And I'm like, what does that fucking mean anymore? Right, no cassette, one says that. Cassettes, motherfuckers. You old motherfuckers. Uh, that was funny. But and, yeah, so my uh, thinking about this album, it, my mind immediately goes to anything after Domination to pick for this. <laughs> except Art of Shredding, because that's at the end and that's just, that's its own thing. Sure. Sure, sure, but sure. I'm like, do you pick like, Medicine Man? Do I pick like... You know, message in blood because these are kind of goofy. But then going back and, and like listening to them critically again, because I've heard this album so many times. Right. Point. I didn't have to listen to it again, but I, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? What do I want to pick for this? Uh, and just I, I like those songs. There, there's so much. There's <laughs> such so, good stuff to chew on. They're in so they're, weird and goofy, and, and they're also different. Yeah. And you know, and like. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. And there's such interesting stuff in that second half of the record. Yeah, like fucking medicine, man. Like this. <laughs> Past the shores of Everdark, Ever dark. there stands a magic man who bears an <laughs> evil bark. Gunk. Oh, man. It's just. But it's like, it's, it's a good heavy metal song it is like the imagery of it you know you're like this is a cool story man it's like, like an iron maiden song at that yeah, point yeah it's straight up conan the barbarian yeah man. yeah 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 yeah. um it's <laughs> they were put into a box into a box it's so much fun it's so much fun and uh um, i wonder what hell is like he will show you it one, one night, night. <laughs> yeah uh it's so good um but yeah, and the other thing that I love about Heresy, why it had to be on there, is like the bridge um, and like the symbol work that Vinny is doing in the bridge. Like that, like this, the, the, the bell work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, coming out of it, the the symbol accents he does, like that. Like that. It's, it's like I've ripped off that exact thing like so many times. 
Like I throw mm-hmm. that, I throw like that lick at like funk dudes and shit like that, you know. God, 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 you know, hey, all yeah. the fucking time, man. If it works, and it's so, it's oh, it's so good. Um, now, that is something that in these songs I I will not pick on nearly. I will not pick up on it nearly as much as you have. It's mm. like the drumming accents. Sure, I just won't. Sure. So yeah, and I, I think that, but like, I know they're there. I think that. Yeah, man. Like, there's just such, so many like Vinnyisms in Heresy that it's like that. That's this is gonna 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 be on there for me. Fair. Um. All right. So I I actually was having a tough time. So the when picking the three songs that I like, the essential tracks, the ones I knew had to be on the right immediately were Cowboys from Hell and Artist Trading. Yeah. Those were the two. I was like, there's no way these aren't on there. Sure. And then for the third one, I was trying to pick between Domination and Primal Concrete Sledge. I knew I knew I knew Primal would be there for you. Because man, that's oh that's king shit weird song, man. Two two minutes and fourteen seconds of just like the most badass shit you can imagine. Is there like another song? Is there another song? I, I someone. I I'm I'm willing I'm willing to put my neck out here. I don't think there's a, a another metal song where you hear that many drum hits <laughs> in the first you know minute two minutes, and none of them are a snare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you don't hear that snare until the crack. Just toms and bass. Just like, you know, yeah, man. Just like, he's doing that shit on the fucking, the upbeat on the hi-hat. It's yeah. so weird. It's king shit weird Everything song. about that is so fucking weird. That, that is something that is, I think, really special about this record is the, f- the fucking weirdness of the first three tracks. Because as amazing as a song as Cowboys from Hell is, it's goddamn weird. It's really weird. And there's no other song. I don't think there's ever been a song like it before or since. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's, there's this weird kind of swagger to it that no one else can get away with. Like, no no one else could, like, we take it over this town. Like, no one else. No. So, so like, in the interview, they bring up ZZ Top. Uh-huh. And, like... Yes, I knew ZZ Top was a fucking influence on Pantera. You've always known that. Yeah, they, right, right. You know, they've said as much. No one even, no, yeah, no one even needed to say it. You just knew it, right? Right. I but, expect. like, you listen to stuff like Cowboys from Hell, and it's like, you, of course they are. There it is. Right, right. Like, well, like in Psycho Holiday, too. Psycho like, Holiday as well. The, the shuffle there. Like, that's kind like, they're doing, like, right. But the, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh, more of a Texas shuffle, what they're doing there, than a, than it is like a traditional shuffle. Like it's it's like the the the, it's real tight. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like it's it's closer to sort of um, instead of like a triplet, right? Like, right. That's more of your traditional shuffle. It's it's kind of dragging a little bit. Um, depending on, depending on your reference, but it's more of like a dotted eighth note. It's more closer to like a dotted eighth note and a 16th than it is, um, you know, like a a triplet eighth note. Okay. And that's like a Texas shuffle. Gotcha. Right. As opposed to like a normal shuffle. Whereas like you hear like Van Halen do that shit and and, and it's closer to like a, you know, like a big band. Right. 
You know what I mean? It's it's real subtle. I'm talking about I'm talking about like it's a feel thing. It's yeah it's, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right right right. But I mean, it's just it's sort of like a little, you know, because you hear like you know, it's like oh, well, I'm gonna hear Vinny like show me his grid for a fucking few minutes here with a. You know what I mean? And so you can like hear exactly where he's putting that, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because like where they're putting that, that and then they go. Right? Those are just real triplets. The subdivision of the of the doesn't fit right with them. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So just as sort of like an example that the way they're subdividing the groove is closer to like a Texas shuffle. Mm -hmm. But the way they're approaching like the regular triplets is just just triplets, just regular triplets, you know. Mm, Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like so the ZZ Top influence, it's just it. it, I but like the first three tracks on this record are so goddamn weird. Yeah. A Primal Concrete Sledge is like one of the weirdest fucking metal songs ever fucking recorded. <laughs> it's very um, strange. Psycho Holiday is like a Van Halen. It's like it's like Van Halen and ZZ Top and yeah. fucking it's Texas metal. Like I don't, you know, I and guess, it, yeah. it's it's this weird thing and and no other band could make that sound good except for Pantera. No other band can make that sound heavy. Yeah. Like it, it, it's it's such a and then this weird solo that fucking comes out of nowhere and then shifts into a minor key immediately for some reason, right? And then, oh man, it's so yeah. good, it's so weird. Um, but uh, but yeah. So why? Uh, so okay. Here, here's like sort of another another sort of thing that I think is interesting. Um, just in general. Right. So like just general criteria, criteria slash context, I think you can judge albums by. Okay. I was just sort of thinking about that. Right. And so sort of like some things that I came up with are like the production. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I've talked to, I've talked to like more than one person, especially people who are a little older than us. Um, people who are like closer to 50, I guess. Yeah. And they have very specific memories of hearing this album for the first time. Mm-hmm. So the production of this fucking destroyed everything else. Right. At the time. Right, right, right. You know, we hear the production, you know, like we heard this at the same time we're hearing like Vulgar and like Far Beyond Driven and like, you know, Machine Head Burn My Eyes. And like we we were we were already sort of inundated in like what would become the modern metal sound. I heard this a bit earlier. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, because you but had like still, you had like cool uncles. And shit. Eh, I, had, I had a cool situation a little bit. Um, but n- nonetheless, it uh, yeah, yeah, there was other stuff at the time that was also very well produced, and so we, I wasn't coming directly out of that '80s metal scene into this right in 1990. Right, right. Um, and and I, and I think a, a big like thing that I don't know that everyone knows is that like. Fucking um, Vince and Daryl's dad was a musician and had like a studio. Yeah, that was like how they got into music. Right, essentially right. And playing music. And like Vinny was a studio whiz. You know, like he he knew he was extremely good at like EQing and 
the engineering side of it. Right. And like he knew his his way in his he knew his way around a studio. And knowing your way around a studio in fucking nineteen ninety is a lot different than knowing your way around than being able to like get some good fucking sounds. Right. In fucking twenty twenty here. Yeah. Or like the past 15 years or so. <laughs> right. Right. Like knowing knowing your way around that is so and I don't I don't I don't think that's necessarily common knowledge, you sure. know. Cause you don't think of like cause you know, like it's so especially with like what we see of him, you know, it's easy to kind of think of like, oh, you know, what you see and what you know is what you who to be. And <laughs> I mean, when you hear that quote. You're like, all right, just get back behind the fucking drums, dude. Yeah, shut, shut up. the fuck up. So like, you're not going to think of like, all right, this guy is fucking brilliant, like a brilliant engineer, a brilliant producer. Right. And brilliant on the fucking EQ of the drums. But he was. And that's why this set the standard for like the next like, I mean, goddamn, these drums still sound amazing. Yeah. Like it, it was like, it's like drums have to sound this good now. Yeah. If you're going to even pretend that you're making a metal record, you got to have drums that sound this good. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine being a metal fan in 1990 and having been listening to it for years and then hearing this come out. Right. Like what that was like. Right. Because cause it, was, it was almost like they, they took like sort of like the clarity and the tightness that you were hearing, I guess, like from – from I guess like what a lot of the hair metal bands were going for in a sense, you know. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really – into hair metal, but I was into a lot of Ozzy. I know, uh, I know, I know all of Ozzy's catalog very well, and so you know, like No Rest for the Wicked, and that like just super upfront, clear guitar tone, like that Zach Wilde was doing in like '88 or whatever. Right. I think that that's a bit of a special case in that case because he, Ozzy himself and his guitarist were known for like they want that amazing sound. Sure. So sure. So that makes sense there, but like I think hair metal it you know, derogatory term, uh, I guess. But like, I think a lot of that stuff tended to be more bluesy also. Sure. And sort of like loose and part like party metal in a way. So maybe it didn't really go for that. Well, and, but, and but so, there were some bands who did have like, right. Super solid sounds. Well, and, and what, what I'm getting at is that, but the, but like Pantera took like a thrash metal vocabulary and did it with that kind of clarity of production. Yeah. And right. not just a thrash metal vocabulary, but a thrash metal and a traditional metal vocabulary and did it with that level of of clarity. Right. You know, whereas like I mean, I love Ozzy's records and and I love No Rest for the That's one of my favorite, you know, records, but it's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of room on the drums in between those notes. You know what I mean? And those aren't the most complicated songs. It's just incredible guitar playing, incredible songwriting, but a lot of you know, you know what I mean? It's a lot of, like, you know, it's and so I guess that kind of like brings up like another thing. Like I think that's like a good litmus to look at on through a record, and that's songwriting. And songwriting on this is just another the fucking stratosphere. <laughs> it's in it's somewhere. <laughs> it, it's somewhere, uh, it's right? Past the shores of Ever Dark. Dark. Oh man. <laughs> um have you listened to the demos? 
the demos. Yeah. So when they did the big re-release. Oh, like the re-release? Re- yeah. I, no, I haven't actually. Dude, highly recommend it. If they would have re- just released those demos, we would still be talking about this record. <laughs> okay. But it wouldn't be as big. It wouldn't have been as, you know, wouldn't have made as huge of an impact, but it still would have been a really, really important record because 90% of the songwriting is is there and the performances are there. It's just a, a matter of production at that point? Yeah, and there's not okay. even a lot missing. Like, it's 90% there. It is really interesting to look at, like, the things that were different songwriting-wise and the, 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 the few little things that were different riff-wise, mm-hmm. you know, because there are some differences for sure. But overall, it, it's the fucking picture, you know, like... Um, but that's not, that's not surprising. Uh, at one point in, uh, in that interview, they talk about how the the interview with uh, Phil and Rex, they talk about, what the fuck are they talking about? I think they're talking about this love, uh, the, the, uh, guitar intro and Phil uh, just sort of offhandedly mentions like, I, this is probably something Dime had rolling around for like decades or some shit Right, and I, that's another thing about about Dimebag that I don't know if a lot of people really appreciate is like how much shit he wrote forever and just held on to, and just and just had to to pull out at any given time because like there's shit that are on these albums that you can listen to a decade earlier and they're right there. I can tell you the first time that I I'll tell the full story at another time, um, but um. I went to his memorial. Right, 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 um, right, right. Me and Jeremy um, went up there, and they showed a lot of, like, old footage. Yeah. Right? And there's footage of him, like, in the fucking mid-'80s, like, being a fucking, like, baby-faced fucking teenager doing his solo spot during their set, like Eddie Van Halen, like, I'm just going to play guitar right. by myself for fucking 10 so minutes. in the spotlight, yeah. Right? And he played the outro of Floods. Yeah. As part of it. And that. Just like a full decade and a half or whatever before. For me and Jeremy, that was like a religious experience <laughs> of understanding <laughs> that Dime, he had this brilliant piece of music that he held on to waiting for the right song to put right. it into. Exactly. And it was like, oh my fucking god exactly oh my god (laughs) oh my god like it was it i oh so that's that's like why i bring that up is because phil knew phil's like whatever man yeah how long you had that dime yeah right 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 could have brought that shit out like so so like dime was just one of those dudes like one of those creative people who just had this shit constantly just just churning it out but he was able to he was able to understand that there was like a time and a place for it and that it wasn't it didn't need to be happening here just because it was he had it and it was good right but here 10 years later here it is and and so i think that all of these albums were that from him to to a certain extent Mm -hmm. like like the reason that so much of this shit is so incredible i think is because of like i think that's probably a pretty big reason for it just because he had this catalog of shit, he had this deep well of shit to pull right. from. Right. I I think that I think that's him being on that Van Halen shit, you know, or, or that Van Halen approach, where is that a known? 
Or go ahead. Yeah. Oh, what what I mean is that is that Van you know Eddie Van Halen is this you know like prodigious changes the perception of the instrument. Now you have to now now you can play this thing fucking differently, but he's working in the medium of like a pop rock band, right? And so whatever genius shit that he's doing, he's finding <clears throat> ways to make it work in a way that the average fucking person who just wants to go to a concert and have a good fucking time, that it, that it, that it reaches in and gets them to. Right. He's making it palatable, making it yeah. more accessible right. or as accessible as possible. Right. Like, like it gets the musician, like, yeah, yeah, sure. It gets the musicians excited. Sure. But it, you don't have to be a musician to fucking, to, to, for like dime to get in there and like fuck with your soul with his fucking <laughs> guitar playing. Right. And, and that's what's so, you know, and I, I think he was coming from that school. You know what I mean? Like I, that that's what I'm saying. I think you're right. Like I, a lot of like it wasn't enough to just like Ingve melt faces, right? You know, like like there's so much shit on their first four albums specifically that is just like absolute genius guitar playing uh, and songwriting to some extent, mm -hmm. but like um, other bands have had moments like that, but it's like a moment. Mm. Whereas these are albums worth of this shit. <laughs> it's just and wow. And I think I think you're right. But I think because it wasn't like we happened upon this amazing thing and we're gonna put it on this album. It's like he he had all this shit that he just knew he had to do something with and just found the right things to do with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. 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 For for a lot of it, I think. Right. And it is just that, like that's why there's so much of it on these albums right it's like this like symbiotic relationship he had with his guitar you know yeah um and so yeah so that sort of like leads into another sort of i feel like you know criteria right which is like the performances right you know like because you can have a really um sort of simple straightforward song sure right you know um but maybe there's just a really amazing performance, mm -hmm. um, a really amazing interpretation of it. You know, like I think of um, uh, the Tom Petty record, Wildflowers. Wildflowers. Um, How did I know you were going to talk about Because it's like <laughs> one of the only records I talk about. Um, but all those songs are very straightforward, you know. Um, but the performances, especially the, dr the, the drummer, Steve Ferroni, are just... I'm, I'm speechless. Like the drumming on that album makes me speechless. And you're you're talking about the performance on the recorded studio album. Yes. Yeah. 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 So so just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just like here's the song, here's the riff, right? But how does the drummer, the bassist, the whoever, like interpret that song, right? Mm -hmm. Like how what what's the rest? Like how what are all the tiny performance gestures you know that go in the sum of subtleties that go in to making the recorded performance right you know um basically 90 percent of what jazz is right <laughs> um and and i and like so the performance because there's there's sort of you know like there's records that i think of that are not necessarily performance dependent where like the song is very like this is the song 
like I think of like like, like Dimu Borgir is kind of like a, a band like that. I think of in that sense where, you know, you sort of have like this classical influence in a in a way, and you know, like you kind of get the the feeling that like all right, every single note was planned. You know, mm-hmm. like there's not there's not like, you know, and so it's about executing that composition. Okay. Um, right. You know, e- even Rush to a certain extent, you could say, like, it's about executing that composition. It's not mm-hmm. about sort of like this interpretation and this like, damn, you caught some sh- you 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 captured some shit on tape right there. You know, it's not about that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. That's sort of the delineation I'm trying to make, right? I got you, right? And I think that it is indisputable that Pantera always captured amazing fucking performances, um, performances that made us as a as a young band say, "Fuck it, we are not playing slow." <laughs> we are not even going to try to groove because we cannot sound like that. <laughs> we don't know how to sound uh, like that, so fuck even trying. Yeah, like the shit that they play on on this album specifically is just like there's such groove and feel and like there's such they're so like in the pocket constantly. There's such right. swagger to all of this shit. Right. It's just like so effortlessly done that you Do, can't like Especially on this record, I I think that's all Rex. It may well be because, especially on Cowboys from Hell, man, because you can just you hear the bass so well on this record, and you can really hear that the bass is not playing exactly what the guitar is playing. Like that, the bass is really. Dude, he talks about that in the interview. Yeah, that it, blew my mind. It, it, me too. Like, because I'd already I already done my listening homework before I fucking <laughs> come across that interview, right? And so to hear that he said in that interview that I. I like to do my bass last so that I could fill in all the gaps. And I was like, you fucking ain't right, you bad right. son of a bitch. Right. <laughs> and he did a damn good job of it, too. So I feel like it doesn't come through as much on Vulgar because the the guitar tone is just so huge on there, it's, I guess. It's huge and fatter than it is on Cowboys, yeah, for sure. But, it, but Rex really shines on Cowboys from Hell. And it is a fucking master class on how you you play like modern metal bass and and sometimes play with the drummer, sometimes play with the guitarist. It's dude, that's the secret weapon of fucking Pantera man. Because if you take if you don't have some middle ground between the genius of Dime and the genius of Vince, you, you don't you don't you don't have anything, man. <laughs> yeah. You don't have anything, dude. That's true. Like I it, yeah, on some level like Rex is like sort of the ultimate glue guy in a band like this dude he's indispensable man because like, i'm thinking about uh the the psycho holiday solo was oh, it's so good it's perfect for that it's so good and there's there are so many moments like that on that album so many man oh, it is man. like dude right. fucking worship at the feet that is that is like the bass playing of rex brown on this fucking record yeah um fair so yeah, and then so like another thing is like the technicality, right? So you know, there's a lot of shit on this album. This just ain't like a feel aside, songwriting aside. There's shit that's just fucking hard. There's to play. a lot of difficult shit on this album. <laughs> like it is not fucking around. I, I remember Cowboys from Hell specifically being like in seventh grade, 
history class. Coach Wilson's fucking Hicks history class. And like sitting there like tapping out. <laughs> right? That note right there. Right? Because that's like a that's like that's like one of your first as a drummer, one of your first coordination hiccups, right? Like day two, right? <laughs> of all right, I can do bass, you know, because because you, when you start off playing drums, man, it's all about that right hand, and you know your your hi hat, and mm-hmm. so you can you get to where you're like, well, I can play the bass drum and with my right hand, and like it's all a slave to the right, right. You know, it's all slave to the right hand, but you can't do shit in between. <laughs> You're having to concentrate on every little thing that you're doing. You don't have time to do anything else. Right, right, right. So, like, you're, you're just going to, like, throw a bass drum in between your hi-hat hits, and there's just going to be nothing but air? That bass drum just by it fuck itself? Oh, my God. And so Cowboys from Hell was, like, the first beat where you had to figure that out because that... You know, right. right there on the 4E, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right? So... You know, snare and hat together, bass by itself, hat by itself, right? And I remember, like, just drilling that shit and, like, you know, like, in history fucking class when I'm fucking in seventh grade, <laughs> like, you know? Um, <laughs> what the hell are you doing over there? You know? Yeah, yeah, I got in trouble a lot for tapping. Um, I mean, th- th- that... Like I can play, I can play the whole song reasonably well mm-hmm. on guitar, but that that main riff is really hard to play for the entirety of that song. Interesting, because right? it's you're you're tapping, the, the riff is like open three, open three, open three, one three, open three. So and it's really hard on your fingers because there's a lot of you're doing a lot of hammer-ons right on the lowest part of the neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got a big spread there. Yeah, right. And it's harder to pull that to push that string down. Than is, it, it is. is it like what, five seven five or some shit too there too? There's a slide up, yeah. Slide up or seven eight or something. Uh, three, I don't know. three five three. Three yeah. five three. Okay, because because like or you can do you can you can do it on the second and third strings, as well, which I think is what I normally do. Or I don't remember now at this point. But right. Either way, that's a difficult song to play, all the way through, like. Right, physically to do that. That was like one of the first riffs I learned on guitar. And I was oh, like, really? "Fuck this instrument." <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough, honestly, because that is a fucking weird one. I I've never played another song that feels like that song. Right. And I guess that's to your point earlier. Like the feel of that song is just so strange. It, it, right, and it just and that's just another like testament to like how fucking like just you know what an outlier dime is that it's like no man. I can play this this weird ass fucking riff and I can make it feel great the whole goddamn time. Yep. I can make it groove and feel amazing and it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The dude never played anything that didn't feel fucking right. Yeah. Nothing, nothing I've seen at least. Um <clears throat> and there's also, I mean, there's also, I mean, just from a drumming standpoint, there is like so much intricate shit on this record, mm-hmm. you know, that that is that is really outside of a lot of the metal drumming vocabulary. Like it's still like Vinny threw all this shit out here in fucking 1990, and 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 people picked up like half of it. <laughs> um, like his ride cymbal work, um, like that sort of stuff. The way that he phrases triplets with the bass drum, you know. 
you know, like that sort of stuff. I mean, lots of people pick that shit up. Um, but no one was doing doing stuff that just and that's the thing too is like everything he plays is just sounds so good it's just you know what i mean like it's because people play hard shit on the drums all the fucking time man but his is like oh man well if you're gonna play this song you have to play that and you know it's just it's just so next level and then or like songs like shattered right like that that tempo of double bass is really hard to do. And it, that's also like another really tricky coordination thing because you're doing like um, sextuplets or like fast triplets with the feet and you're doing eighth notes up top. So you're having to hit like right, left, right, left, right, left, right, you know? Right. So, you know, like, you know, it's a, tr you know, like it's tricky and and all of this, he does it in such a just precise way where if you're going to attempt to play it, you have to hit, you have to nail every single note, which was so different than where you were hearing a lot of this style of drumming in, you know, like maybe like death metal at the time, like mm -hmm. maybe in Morbid Angel or stuff like that, where you're hearing, you know, like, or, or, or even thrash metal. You can fudge a lot in, in, in a, you know, like a breakneck thrash metal song. Right. You've got to be on your you shit in this one. You got to play this shit exactly the way that Vinny played it, or it ain't going to feel right. <laughs> well, that was a, another thing in that interview. Like Rex made it a point to say, one of the things they focused on constantly was getting tight as they possibly could. It fucking and it, showed. And it showed. It absolutely showed. It fucking showed, man. So, and and I imagine, I don't know, really know, maybe you can speak this a little bit, but... I would Im I would imagine that this record did similar to the guitar community what like Van Halen's first record did of like everyone is just like oh fuck yeah <laughs> who is this goddamn guy yeah I mean you've got like right off the bat from the Cowboys from Hell like riff and then the solo and then you go into like later you get Cemetery Gates that that solo is iconic right um. And and then you've got this huge clean riff, this this arpeggiated riff at the beginning, it's just like beautiful on this metal album. Right. Like what are you doing? Uh, and the domination, the riff in domination is such a weird riff. It's these weird little like these these like whiplash drags back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And back and forth. It's such a weird. It's really hard to play well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the shit on this album is hard to play well. It's the, the, and th that's the thing, right? <laughs> that's the thing about it, yeah. right? Like, because you can like figure out what it is that they're doing, but then to execute on it is a whole other story. Right, 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 right. right. Like, like, <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might venture into some 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 troubled waters here. Okay, but I would say that. Um, it's relatively easy. Uh, okay. Because you, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to playing Pantera music. Is that it's really difficult. It's not necessarily really difficult to play it. But it's really difficult to play it well. Yeah. And whereas, like, say, Slayer. It's, it's really difficult to play, period. But if you can play it at all, you're, you're kind of there, right? <laughs> If you can play that fast, then well, you're then you're playing it. 
than just just fucking pedal the metal and attitude it out. And, yeah. and you got the Slayer thing, right? Exactly. So it goes back to the tightness that they strive for, right? Yeah. Like it's because they go for such a high standard on that sort of thing, it comes across as being this like almost unreachable level of 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 tightness, of like precision. Right. Uh whereas Slayer, they're just not always that precise. Like it's, right. it's it's fast and it's aggressive and it's technical. It's highly technical a lot of times. Right. But it's just not always that tight. Right. You, you can fudge it if in your playing and be okay with it because that's kind of what they sound like. Right. And and like with their guitar tone and the tempos they play at. Yeah. Like you you know, you can fudge a lot of things when you're playing, you know, like two hundred to two ten, you right. know. Um Yeah, it's 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 okay, but uh, to try if you're trying to sound like Cowboys from Hell, it's just going to be way fucking hard. Right, because his riffs are so syncopated, too. Right? He doesn't play like... Like, that's not how fucking, you know... There's maybe no tremolo picking on this album, I don't think. There's maybe no tremolo picking, like, maybe, ever. Maybe in their catalog, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I but can't. there's, like, so much space. Like, like you're talking about, like, with, with you know, like domination, right? So here's, like, a good contrast, right? And we both love Machine Head. Um, but just as yeah. like a, con a contrast of songs that are at the, around the same tempo, which is um, Killers and Kings and Domination. Those are songs that are very close to the same tempo. Well, I'm not... Around 140. Okay. What album is that on? Uh, that's on... Oh. <laughs> um, that's on Bloodstone and Diamonds. Ah, okay. That's why I don't really know it. I just um, haven't listened to that very much. Yeah, great album. Okay. Great album. Cool. Um, I will... You, you'll remember it. Um, sorry, I'm just getting used to using title. <laughs> um, see the above-mentioned Rogan rant. Mm, mm. Um, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, like, that's so different than... And so, like, there's like so, there's a lot more syncopation and there's a lot more space. Right. Right. So that that machine head riff is very like. Yeah. Whereas the dime is playing. He's when he's doing those drags. He's he's letting it hang for a second. He's like it's drag like literally dragging like bam. Right, 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 it's, right. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole feel thing there, right? But it gives it so much more character, right? Than... When there's when there's space, then there's room for there's room for sort of interpretation. There's room for a rub, right? And whenever you fill in all the notes, there's no you can't have a rub in there, right? Right. And the and like that rub is where all the character is. You the know? rub is, yeah. The rub a dub dub, you know, um, and shit like that, yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. So, but in the same song, going from like a, a, a feel riff like that to that it, that outro solo where it's just <laughs> and just constant for like 30 <laughs> seconds and just going, oh, it's so good. Yeah. It, it's, it's really and then it's like the, that tight outro riff. Just, man. yeah, man. Yeah. That, that the, the energy. In that song, that's why I was like, oh, "Fuck," you know. Yeah, that that I mean, I guess that song and the art of shredding. Like, I picked those two songs for kind of the same reason. Like, there's just so much to those songs. Mm -hmm. There's so much happening at any given point, and they go to so many different places. 
And they're right. all fucking amazing. Right, 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 right. Because um, goddamn, that art of shredding, that intro riff, and the the, the drum. Weird fucking. Yeah. But then he busted like, that. Yeah. I, I that really, is so good, man. I didn't really get how good that song was <laughs> until I watched the live version on the, oh, like, yeah? on the like videos from hell. You know what I mean? Which we're gonna do a whole episode where we talk about <laughs> just the fucking home videos. So I'll never hear that song and not picture that part from the video where it's just Dime's hair fucking going yes, and he's just playing that Yes, riff. yes, 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 yes. Oh, because there's yeah. so much happening yes. here and he doesn't know what he's looking yeah. at. Like, chicka, 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 chicka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh-huh. It's just, it's just his, you can't see his face, so he can't see his guitar, I don't think, but he doesn't need to. Yeah. And it's just, it's precision and it's like speed. There's and, no line. There's oh no different. Like, God. where does Dime end and the guitar start? <laughs> no, it's, it's, no one knows. Oh. Oh, man and yeah yeah well, and like and i think of phil like doing this number <laughs> <laughs> like with the mic bucket tied around his head you know yeah right right shit like that but yeah watching watching dime play that riff at that point where he's just like losing his mind but not missing a fucking note and it's completely precise that was the point where i was just like if i'm trying to sit there and play along i'm just like throwing the guitar down and walking out of the room it's, <laughs> it's over it's over you can't right Right. What can you do against right. like it's fucking over? You yeah. can't hope to do anything with that or against that. Like, Fuck it, yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, um, all right, cool. The other sort of like you know litmuses are sort of like the lyrics, right, right. Um, which I thought that was really interesting. Did you hear that part in that video where he talked about where Rex talked about that vulgar? was like the first time that Dime wasn't really involved in the lyrics. Yeah. And I was they like, like that Phil makes into his a thing. lot of sense. Yeah. Which, which I'm going to talk about more when we get to the fucking vulgar, mm-hmm. when we talk about vulgar. But um, but yeah, like the lyrics on this are like really, you know, a lot of it's like really fantastical, you know, um, or there's like stories or, or whatever. And it's just, it's just primo fucking metal. Yeah, lyrics. Yeah, and it's great. Uh, even even with something like Cowboys from Hell, where it, it is still that like Pantera like, uh, it still feels like a Pantera song as you might think of one. But it's still this like fantastical story in a way. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 Here we come. Reach for your gun. You better listen, to one, my friend. You see, it's been slow down below. See, like there are these. We're yeah, down there, below. we're down below. The... <laughs> we're from below. What like. Is... What the fuck is this? Oh, dude, because dude, this is this is my OG shit, right? Like uh-huh. you can tell because I have RKW written on here because it's like don't uh, steal my shit. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, the the actual CD is scratched to fuck. Okay, right. So on. I had to like burn it from somewhere. Gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, but even the song that feels like the most Pantera of a of a Pantera song on this album is still like a story sort of thing. I never like realized the- that's what the lyric "pillage the village, trash the scene." <laughs> I didn't know that I was saying pillars. Maybe I didn't either. I don't remember it. Um, okay. But better not take it out on me because a ghost town is found where your city used to be. Out of the darkness. That's the other thing cool, right? Like when they do that live, when they get to that out of the darkness and all like that, they like, yeah, like fucking hit that China and shit, fucking drive that shit home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
for my double barrel 12 grade. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it just, it gives me joy. <laughs> just like looking at the fucking lyrics, man. But um, but the songs on here like paint this this like picture of a of a place and a thing and something that happened or yeah you yeah know? yeah 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 um, some more explicitly than others uh, but this is kind of the only album that, that really does that well and like Phil this is the thing like I'm gonna talk about later is like I don't think Phil writes bad lyrics right he write I think he I think he writes very good lyrics no I I mean we'll get to it but I think going through Vulgar's lyrics. I never really had that much before. I was kind of impressed in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. But like, you know, like, come and be with me, live my twisted dream, pro-devoted pledge, time for primal concrete sledge. You know what I mean? Like, he, <laughs> he uses, like, great imagery. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And there's, he's, he's able to pick uh, good words. God, how to say this? He's able to pick the right words for a song lyric to work. Yeah. But still get it. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he well, doesn't try to squeeze too much in there. He's able to find the right things that fit well. That's, that's a good way to put it. And, well, and he, he like, puts the sort of the emotional meaning. Exactly. Paramount. He's, he's like the Anthony Kiedis of fucking metal. <laughs> um, where, like, uh -huh. where it's like, it's a lot of word salad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Um. <laughs> Like I saw someone describe <laughs> Anthony Kiedis' lyrics. It's like it sounds like he just he he just wrote them out on the fucking like restaurant napkin and then just never <laughs> just never went beyond that. Yeah, like never edited yeah. them, never like never like, you know, like you know, like figured out what was actually pouring out of his brain. Like it just stayed in that raw, abstract stream of consciousness. I could see that. Like, you know. And Phil is kinda like that because you know, yeah. a lot of times you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, <laughs> we'll it, get to that, yeah. But it, but it, but it feels a certain way, and I think it feels the way that he wants you to make. He wants you to feel right. Yeah, it, it, that's a weird like dichotomy because he's got this. Like I said, he's got this really good sense of picking picking words that fit well into lyrics that sound good over a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they yeah, still yeah. get that emotional. Point of, but you don't necessarily know what the fuck he's talking about at all times. Right, right, right. But you, but, but there's, but there is a feeling there. Yeah, it's almost, know? it's almost like he's a weird idiot savant in that way. Like he's just really good at doing this thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's not a right. good lyricist per se, but he's great at what he does. Yeah, I mean, I would say that he is a great lyricist because I think that that's part of what being a great lyricist is. Okay. Okay. Um, fair. Yeah. You know because. Yeah. Like being a great lyricist, I think, is about painting pictures with words more so than it is, you know, like literal poetry or yeah, like, literal, like, this is what I'm talking about and you know it. You sure. Know? Yeah. I mean, that's nice when that happens. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a fair point. But no, I think, I think, like, that's why it makes some of the things that are problematic on Vulgar that much more problematic. Um, yeah, well, yeah, you know, but like, but yeah, man, like, but these, you know, and the delivery, uh, you know, like just the writing and the phrasing of the vocals and the lyrics yes. on this record are just so fucking good. It's just yep. so incredible. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't say like enough. I mean, there's a reason that they're the fucking legends that they are, <laughs> you know, you can't. Yeah. So man, uh, I was uh, the 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 uh, fuck. What am I trying to say? The 
vocal reaction video channel that I watched. The, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Charismatic yeah. Voice. Yeah. She did an episode on Cemetery Gates. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really thought about it in a long time, but those screams that he does at the end that match up with his, the squeals, those are insane. Yeah. <laughs> those are so high and so, like, precise. It's wild. Right. It makes me wonder what, um, like, what caused that to go away. Was it him? It had to have been just like his voice changed. I think. Well, or just was was it an intentional like when him of him trying to do the harsher stuff and being influenced oh, by sure. by the more hardcore music or even influenced by the black metal scene and things mm-hmm. like that. That you know what I mean? Like what what was it the like fucking road dog life? What of, was the cause of the change? Yeah, clearly a change happened. Right, because you can hear if you go back and watch. Uh, uh, footage of them around the time, probably touring, maybe touring for Cowboys or maybe touring for Vulgar early on. Yeah, like he can't do some of the shit he was doing on Cowboys. Right, a couple years before that. Right, he he has to do other things now. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. Like, and I mean, uh, this is not. I'm not like this. Isn't like a what the fuck? I'm you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not an insult. No, not at um, all. Because. You know, but I, I'm I'm curious as to like yeah. what and and how much was that like a conscious decision on his part to like lean into a certain thing a certain way and we're like well it looks like that shit's gone guess I'm the vocal fry guy <laughs> you know well yeah I I wonder if it was I wonder how much of it was and how much of it was just his voice actually for whatever reason right just changed. Right, because, like I said, it seems like he just can't do some of that shit after a certain point. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, who knows? Um, all that'd, right. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So, and then the other thing I had, like, like just the vibe, right? Which well, we, we've kind of talked about like that. But, like, uh, yeah, I think that'll be more important on, like, some of the other records. Um, I mean, this record has its own vibe that it doesn't come back to yeah, in any of the records. It's done. Yeah. And I really, really it's like. done after this, yeah. This is, like, this is one of my favorite albums period i think it's so good i think it's safe to say it's so good and like Um, you said it it it, surprisingly perhaps it has aged maybe the best yeah i didn't think that because growing up like trend kill was always my favorite um well yeah once trend kill came out it was like oh shit yeah this is the thing that that album which we'll talk about when we get to but that album kind of became a north star especially for us yeah because it was kind of like an art album if you will and that became kind of our shit. shit you know, did we, we did an we did a thing on our we album. did. Did we, we did we talk about that? I we don't did. Remember. Oh, dude, you know we did. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure we did. You know we did. It's been a while though. Um, like six months, motherfucker. Yeah, well. Um, but but yeah, like I didn't. This was always like, yeah, I I didn't really get how amazing this record was then. Um, but now, but yeah, I'm so, I'm kind of surprised it is aged. All right. So let's do like a a few quick little wrap ups on this record. So are there any other sort of notes on other songs that we sort of didn't touch on? Um, so, uh, I have something about shattered. So shattered, I'm like, what a banger, (laughs) you know? But uh, the demo version is interesting for Shattered because there's this, like, long-ass fucking Judas Priest intro. It's long. Oh, really? Like, yeah. what's Judas Priest about it? Um, That it's just, like, this kind of, like, plodding fucking epic 
intro. Okay. You know? Um, and, you know, like set, I can't think of the name, like Hellion or whatever, maybe, um, is sort of the priest track that maybe some, I don't know. I'm fucking that up. Priest purists, don't, don't come at me, man. I love priests, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surface. On the they're priest. too old at this point. It doesn't matter. They can't dude, they're you. great, dude. They're fucking... They're, 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 no, I mean the priest purists are too old. Oh, the, the firepower record is <laughs> legit, man. Pre, priest... I have a whole spiel about why our generation missed priest, but, you know... Oh, no. They're, they're, I think there are probably multiple reasons why our generation missed priest. Like, I, I kind of... Weirdly enough, Beavis and Butthead got me to sort of respect Priest more mm. than most things, more than Priest's actual music at the time. <laughs> but then I kind of got into some of their actual Dude, music. They're, they're so good. The thing is, like, this is this is my spiel, right? Um, they had a major lineup change whenever we were, um, you know, of the age where we would have been going to concerts and shit like that. So they they had replaced their original singer. So they yeah. so that like knocked them down to the level of places they would have been playing so they right. wouldn't have been playing they wouldn't have been like touring to an arena and having pantera open for them like black sabbath was right okay right um you know they were like out doing clubs and shit with a new fucking singer what, okay fuck, um, i guess we can just talk about this another time did they have another singer besides ripper owens no replace he, no. he was the one who he was the one so, uh, that the the fucking two minutes to late night show that I yeah. showed you they do an episode on Jugulator yeah which yeah, is yeah, that yeah. that album they did with him uh -huh. and they actually really liked it uh, dude we, he did good shit yeah man. he did a good he's job great. He's I remember great. that being a good job and what's weird is that the, at the time now that we talk about it I remember like being into some of the shit that like two did yeah which was Rob Halford's fuck like fuck yeah with fucking John 5 industrial band yeah yeah dude I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. pretty good shit here fuck yeah man <laughs> that when everyone was doing like weird industrial shit dude fucking Geezer <laughs> Geezer has like a fucking record with Burton singing on it what yes it's oh. cool as shit dude it, it's like it's like it's heavy it's fucking weird it is it, weird that you bring that up like a lot of people just like went and did weird industrial shit that like in the sort of mid to late that's 90s that's like the cool that was like the cool thing about 90s is it's like well what's the hip thing to do now yeah. go be weird as fuck <laughs> yeah do do gravity kills but yeah. you know whatever you hey, want to do. hey 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 um yeah and so but yeah, and then I think the other thing that was weird for us to wrap our head around with Priest being our age is that they had enough songs. There were enough songs that were sort of like classic rock staples. So they felt too close to being like Journey yeah, or, you know I what I mean? So. Or like George Thurg, you know what I mean? Like they felt like... You they know, were bad to the bone is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. you know, because like, because Living After Midnight feels real close to, you know, like like bad to the bone or born to be wild or you know what i mean it is still that like living after yeah it yeah is, yeah, I see right. what you're saying. yeah yeah and so you know so i think that that kind of put a little barrier for us to keep from digging deeper into the other stuff that was going on with priests so sure but um but yeah man priests the fucking shit yeah. go 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 down that judas priest rabbit hole you won't you won't regret it <laughs> um Bring some earplugs for those high, high voices. Yeah. <laughs> this. Yes. So, like, our song, the All Severed Song Creator, is almost a direct ripoff of Painkiller. Of Painkiller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know this? I didn't, but I 
thinking about it now. You know now. Okay. I just took like that drum intro and made it the verse of Creator. You did good. Um, if, you're, if you're gonna rip someone off, I mean, I, if you're gonna, there are worse yeah, ways man, to go. There's worse things to do. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting thing about the song "Shattered." Uh, clash, clash with reality. With 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 reality. With yeah. reality. So that's an interesting track, man. Yeah. The arrangement's kind of a mess. There's a lot going on. A in A little there. bit, yeah. But what I thought was really interesting was at like the 55 second mark. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. Just so I can just show you. I'm trying to think uh, how it starts. It's... That sounds right. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. So, right. Like where they oh, go it's got this fucking like crazy drum fill. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like. That right there is like a total precursor to so much of the riffage on Far Beyond Driven, I feel. Because it's like, it's like, because it's got that three over four thing. Like, you know, over the. Here's use my third arm a little bit. Yeah, or like five minutes alone, maybe even a little bit. Or. But so, but yeah, that was something that I like sort of picked up on that. I thought I was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. You know, like right. this is a plant, bit of a plant the seeds there. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, and and this is I love the the outro on on this song because it's it's just fucking super fucking thrashy. Yeah, this is pro- that's probably their fastest song. Um, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, um, I thought Medicine Man's like this is probably Phil's best performance. I fucking love that song, man. It's <laughs> so goofy, but yeah, I, I yeah, love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, yeah, Phil is like all over the fucking place in that song. It's right. insane. It's it is so engaging, like the whole fucking time. Yeah, because in the verses, he's like, he's like speaking, like whispering, almost like this is deep. There stands a magic man who bears an evil mark, and then it gets to the, immediately from that. What about and by the high you'll swear? Amazing! Yeah. It's yeah, it's fucking. What am- a fucking transition that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Not. Re- I think we covered everything, really. Okay, so I have some bonus things for you. Okay. Because I like I I sent out the fucking. The bat signal. Oh, okay. Okay, to like get other people's input. Oh, good idea. On this, you know, like, what are your three track? You know, what what tracks oh, would you idea. throw away, and what tracks, you know, or and like, what are your essential tracks, and what would you throw away? Um, so it's almost useless, but I asked our <laughs> friend Jet. <laughs> okay. Um, because he and I are so close to being the same person. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> it's almost it's almost almost useless. Okay. Um, so he's gonna be with us. He's gonna be with us in a few weeks when we do when we talk about the videos. So we're gonna have you. So you're gonna have a we're gonna have a guest. Um, so for for his essential tracks for Cowboys from Hell. Hold on. He sent me all this shit in a fucking mess. <laughs> um, there it is. So he said. <laughs> Domination, art of shredding, and heresy. So they are the exact wow. same three that I picked. Oh, wow. Um, 
And then for the ones that he would trash, he he actually said Medicine Man or the Sleep. Um, Just don't appreciate the, the the finer things, Chad. Yeah, right. Um, he said both have great riffs and drums, but I think the lyrics are just bad. No, that you're going, coming at it from the completely wrong direction, there, sir. <laughs> We're saying it right here and now, <laughs> fucking Jed. You are wrong. You are th- your your thinking is incorrect. Um, but you did say something that was interesting that I sort of agreed with, which is like part of me wants to say Cemetery Gates, but that's to, just to get rid of. Yeah, because it's just overplayed. You know, so it's like because I, I find myself not really wanting to listen to that song a lot. It's um, not incorrect, but it's not because the song isn't fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, well, so, so the, as an overarching thing to, about all of these Pantera episodes, we're gonna do like I didn't have to go back and listen to any of this shit because I fucking know it all it's by in heart. Our fucking bones. I have heard this music so many times that it can't possibly have the effect on me that it had thirty years ago. You know, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's it's. Um, it it lives more at this point in my mind as as nostalgia, and then I can go back and objectively just listen to it. I I can never like. Um, Cemetery Gates has been played so many times. Right, I've heard it so many times, so many different places. Right, it's like it's its own. I just know that it's an amazing song. I can't hear it and feel that amazingness anymore. Yes, yes. So I get I get it. Right, and then I also asked. My friend Shay. Mm-hmm. All right, Shay's a little older than us. Okay, um, Jet. Jet's the same age as us. Yeah. All right. So Shay's one of the guys that that like can tell you about like the first time he heard this record, right? And, and how that. Oh well, shit's different now. Okay. Um, cool. Cool. Like Shay's closer to fifty. The, um, so his essential tracks are "Cowboys from Hell." Okay. He says, absolutely the most essential track of their catalog, in my opinion. I'm going to agree with that. So he feels, he's like, this is a mission statement, right? I'm going to agree with that. It's hard to disagree. Number two, heresy. (laughs) You are the odd one out here, motherfucker. I'll be wrong. (laughs) And then he says, favorite line since 1990, so they can lick my sack. (laughs) (laughs) so the exact thing that you're like i fuck that i don't need it again though again though (laughs) if this is a scale of like one to a hundred heresy's still like 95 95 right yeah 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 yeah. yeah. it just has to be the lowest one on there there has something has to be lowest is all it is and then uh number three for his essential track was primal concrete sledge my man his voice is so goddamn percussive in those verses. This is standing for the way you live. I don't have something to give. I said I don't regret. I did a little simple God in me. He like, yeah, man. It's fucking legit. That song is fucking weird, man. It's so weird. Like Dude. every single piece of it is fucking strange. Like is it, he's almost like doing a, a weird combination of scatting and like rapping. At yeah, a yeah, yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like fuck. It's just like the idea that like Vinny goes and plays like that, like. Just plays that, and Dime's like, I got something for this. Three over four, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, Phil's like, I can sing over that. I got something. This little sin for the way you live, I just don't have something to give. I break sweat and I don't work good. What's the skill to the God in me? Like, like to, yeah, yeah. To take that drum 
beat and to take that guitar riff and feel that over ah! it. I mean, what the fuck were you doing? Yeah, man. Yeah, so fucking, yeah. Like, yeah. I can't, I mean, I can't argue with any of this. This is amazing, right? Yeah. And then uh, his his track to trash on Cowboy's Mouth was shattered. And he says, throw back to the days of, let's see how high I can sing. Man. So that's, that's Shay's. That's, I mean, that is on that track. So that's I Shay's take. I can't disagree. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, sure. So, and, and Shay's a vocalist. So I can see why that would, why, you know, like maybe he would cue on that a little bit more so yeah okay. thought that was interesting right? yeah nice good call um I, I i asked i asked another friend of mine um but he hasn't responded <laughs> so not a big enough fan uh well i wanted to get his opinion because he's like like i jam with him and it's like oh this dude is this dude is a guitar player who like worships you know what i mean like he is into dimebag daryl as a guitar player you know what i mean like so okay. Yeah, man, he's a cool dude, man. Like, we we got together to fucking... Like, we kept showing up at the same death metal shows. <laughs> and he was like, hey, man, do you want to jam? I was like, fuck yeah, I want to jam. <laughs> so, like, he's big into, like, Suffocation, Slayer, Machine Head, Pantera. So, you know, like, musically, me and this guy, like, fucking click. All right, well, so, when he responds, we'll revisit that. Yeah, we might we might have to wait till till next, till okay. next time. Um, All right. I need to go get a charger for my phone, so talk about whatever you want for about a minute. Oh, you're going to do this to me, huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, what if I just sit here and drink some water and stare at the camera for about a minute? Okay, that's like five seconds. That's not going to happen, really. That wasn't, that wasn't even a minute. Oh, well, man, I'm not done yet. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Got that low pass filter. <laughs> I think we already made that joke on this. <laughs> I had to listen to it on this podcast. <laughs> oh shit! <coughs> yeah, so I made uh, we made a low pass filter. Low pass fill, sir. Joke. Um, somewhere. Do on you know what the, episode um, it was? Yeah. Uh, it's episode two, maybe. Oh, okay. Because I had it on loop. <laughs> like, try, that's what I used to, like, <laughs> it might, I don't know if it was episode two or, like, episode ten. I had that section on, like, loop, like, using that as, like, trying to figure out how to EQ our voices and shit. <laughs> so. um, Okay, so. All right, man, I think it's, so. Close the book on Cowboys from Hell. Incredible Woo! album. We'll never, we'll never talk about it again. Ever. It's dead to Ever. us. Ever. It's dead to me. It's dead to us. We're going to take it, and we're going to put it on a shelf in a box. <laughs> put that into a box. <laughs> and put it on a shelf where it can rot. <laughs> you wonder what hell is like? He can show you it one night. <laughs> All right, man. So here we are. Vulgar display oh. power. Um... Now, I think that this is a really because I think that this that vulgar display of power is really kind of the like Pantera becoming the Pantera that that everyone would know of in the nineties. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, and so for good or bad, you know, I I don't really think of it that way normally, but. Especially to bring up this interview again, after this interview, like, I was like, of course, that's the case. 
Right. Like the the tone, like the the sonically, this album is like untouchable. It's like this album's incredible. Sure. Uh, but yeah, also um, image wise. Right. I, I guess you can say. Right. Yeah. Like they complete. Like he's no no. This is dime bag, Daryl. This is not diamond. There's no Darryl. there's no vestiges of diamond Daryl hanging around. Here I think anymore. he's still listed as diamond Daryl in the Cowboys from Hell. I think they do. Yeah. Let's see. Hold on. Your boy, Diamond Daryl. <laughs> Your boy. Modern um, fucking drummer. <laughs> the king of thrash metal drumming. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> Oh, we'll get to that. With so much <laughs> of that to get to. Fucking, like, fuck. God damn it, man. Because, like, Big Paul is barely a thrash metal drummer. <laughs> like, no one gave a shit about thrash metal in fucking 1995 or 94 <laughs> when that fucking article was written. But leave it to modern fucking drummer to be, like, gatekeeper <sighs> behind the fucking times. Like, god damn it, guys. Oh boy, that is a whole other conversation, isn't it? <laughs> dude? I got, I got fucking, I got, dude. The way they treated metal drummers, like, well, they got fucking famous enough. I guess we have to talk about him. And then like the interviews are always so shitty when they would talk to metal drummers, like, so you don't, so you don't just play fast. Like, I listen to what you do, and like, it's actually good drumming. Wow. <laughs> Did you listen to jazz? Like, it's that's like every. I think I heard a Dave Weckl lick in that. Oh my God. Oh, that's really cool that you pick up on that. I'm, I, yeah, I really like uh, Dave Weckl's work with Michael Camillo. You know, like, whatever, man. Like, it's whatever. Hold on. I'm getting emotional. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I got. We've, we've got some other emotions to talk yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to that. Okay. But yeah, so like, that's a thing that I think that is probably harder for us that we, we don't have an, as much of an innate sense of because we experienced Cowboys from Hell Vulgar's play or I did I I mean for all intents and purposes like when I actually got into Pantera this album was was contemporaneous with Cowboys from Hell I, I kind of came across these at roughly the same time right so so like we experienced these all sort of together and so because of that, we didn't we, we don't we didn't have as much of a sense of what a leap vulgar was right. from Cowboys from Hell. Right. Like what a departure it was in some ways. Right, 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 right. Because all that like fantastical shit is is gone. And it's all this like for better or worse, this all like sort of, you know, like street level fucking like Agro bro word salad poetry <laughs> shit. The perfect way to say it, yeah. How did I say it? I, I fuck it. I I, I I wrote something down for street it. Streetwise, I believe, is a, a lyric on this it album. It is. My streetwise son of a bitch knows. Which I never knew what he was saying there. <laughs> Don't fuck with this. Yeah. <laughs> Most regular people would say. Which is going to it's be. It's hard. And a streetwise son of a bitch knows. Which is going to be an interesting. Uh, Okay, anyway. Yeah, um yeah, Phil pioneering the agro agro paranoia bro word salad aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> Which was... <laughs> ex- yeah. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna say that again because I'll I stand by that. Uh the agro paranoia bro 
word salad aesthetic. Which like, is literally what you described earlier with like this fucking the jorts and the, the like <laughs> camp uh, the flannel vest or whatever the fuck and the bald head and just like sort of muscles and sweat yeah. punching everywhere. And like and this is the thing is it's all of a sudden this album is angry. Like Cower smells aggressive. It, right. There's a very distinct difference there but it's not angry right like you're not like medicine man like, you know, <laughs> he's not mad about that it's just prescribe me the wrong pills yeah the yeah, medicine yeah, man yeah. yeah i mean he's barely mad when he says and you can lick my sack yeah, like, yeah. it's, 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 it's even... more of like a <laughs> there's like, more of a sneer there than like a an anger like a right a rage. Right, right. And, 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 you know, like maybe Phil would want to fight me over this. I would, I'll, I'll take that fight. Let's do it. Um, but like some of the anger on here feels to me, I'm sorry. It feels a little like kind of manufactured to me. Like it feels like, it feels like it's like, all right, so anger's the thing that we're doing. And it, I don't know. It feels like he's like trying too hard to sort of be mad at something. So well, is it? Yeah, I think it sort of feels like they had an album full of this, and that's what they decided the theme was going to be. Sure, right. And so they needed to make all the songs feel a certain way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, is, yeah. is what my take is on it. Yeah, yeah. Like I probably shouldn't go that far as to say like it feels it feels phoned in because it's still just songwriting and shit like that. But I guess like well, I, to a certain extent, I I agree with you. To, yeah, well, it, you know? I I feel like. With with vulgar, far beyond, and great southern tranquil, there's like, there like where Phil's directing the anger is different on sort of each one of those records. Mm. On this one, he it's all about other people. <laughs> it's all regular people, <laughs> yeah, regular say. fucking people, you know. <laughs> and then like far beyond driven, a lot of that is internal. You know, like I drink all day, I smoke all day. Yeah, yeah. I've done it all, but tap the vein. True, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. and and then Southern Tranquil, some of it's still inward, but a lot of it's like at society. It's not at like individuals per se, right? Mm. It's all like the whole trend thing, right? Like society, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and and I resonate with anger directed at oneself. And I resonate with anger directed at society. I don't resonate with anger that's directed at other individual people um, because I'm not 12 anymore. <laughs> Walk on home, boy. Like, I, that, I don't, it doesn't, that doesn't do it for me anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what is it? Um, <laughs> I crush your rush. I, I rule, rule you, you fool. <laughs> I mean, that lyric has always just been like, <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's so goofy. Uh, <laughs> I rule you, you fool. fool. And that just reminds me of a uh, uh, what the fuck's the movie? Um, Homeward Bound. <laughs> <laughs> Cats rule and dogs drool. <laughs> oh, man. So that just brings to mind. Dude, one of the greatest tragedies was was uh, recasting the voice actor for Shadow in Homeward Bound 2. Oh, well, Hard do anything for you, Peter. Terrible performance. Oh, by the. Wow. I don't know if I ever saw that. I mean, Don Amici, I think, died past, past that point, didn't he? I don't know. Whatever it was, I blame somebody because 
the Shad, the, the voice acting for Shadow in Homer Bound that 2 was Amici, yeah. is subpar to Homer Bound 1. I I was a big Don Amici fan. <laughs> Strangely is that the enough. voice actor in Homer Do- Bound 1? Yeah, he's the old dude. So do you remember uh, Trading Places? Yes. So the two old guys, the two rich guys? Yes. Mortimer and whatever the other guy's name is? One of those guys is Don Amici. Oh, okay. And he was in a movie called Folks with Tom Selleck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Amazing there, actor. There's anyway. two of those dudes. Um, I, th- I think I know what you're talking about. Um, he's, the, he's the bald guy. Okay. Is Don Amici. Okay, okay, yeah. He was also in Harry and Henderson's. One oh, of my shit. favorite fucking films. Here's another interesting thing. The other guy, the, the other one yeah, the in Trading Places, he was in the original Universal Wolfman. Ooh, nice. Suck on that shit. Nice. Um, Good shit. All right. Yeah, Some boy. Movie, so vul- movie minute there. From <laughs> <laughs> vulgar display of power. Vulgar display of power. Um, oh, let's look at this guy. He's so tough. Ooh, he's so tough. Mm, ooh, ooh, ooh. Walk on home, boy. Um, you can even see his boxers, dude. It's just, <laughs> it's just seething masculinity. <laughs> I can't even handle. Oh, but look how jolly Vince is. No one else in this lineup <laughs> looks so angry. Yeah. Daryl's just like, yo, I'm playing guitar, dude. Yo, I'm playing guitar. And then, like, Rex is like, fuck Dimes Riffs. <laughs> Shit's hard. I gotta find, um, I gotta fill this shit in. Yeah, man. And it's rough. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Phil, yeah, Phil, we're gonna be picking on you. We're on gonna this be record, picking on man. Phil. We're gonna be picking on you on this one. All right. Um, However, an interesting wrinkle will appear in these in these lists that we're gonna read off here. All right, let's do it. Okay, <clears throat> so your three essential tracks from Vulgar Display of Power. Yeah, you want to go back and forth again? Yeah, we'll go back. Right, what's your first one? Fucking hostile. My first one is Hollow. <laughs> yeah. All right, I I can get behind that. Boom. All right, you're number two. Mouth for War. My number two is Mouth for War. All right. All right. My number three is Regular People Conceit. Oh, we're going to have problems. Yeah, let's go. Uh, My third one is This Love. Okay. I, I, okay, yeah. So the thing, so, because I was torn between fucking hostile and This Love. Okay. Um, I picked This Love because. The, n- not necessarily because of the breakdowns, mm-hmm. but because of the fucking post-chorus riffs. Like, there's that song has to have one of my favorite arrangements of all fucking time ever. Um, because there's like two times after the chorus that it just goes, like it goes into like two completely different shred your face, groove your ass fucking riffs, and it's completely different. And and they figured out a way to do it, to do both of them, and it work. It's divine to me. Yeah. It's divine to me. So that's why I had to uh, pick that one. Totally. All right. What's your trash track? <sighs> so this one. This, <laughs> You're like. <laughs> this one was a little bit. Um, it was also difficult to pick one off this album, but not for the same reason. Not because I like them all so much. Yeah. Because, it was more like... Because which... the ones that suck all suck about the same. So... <sighs> suck being a relative term. Yeah. So... <coughs> I was I was unhappy with a lot of songs on this album for different reasons. Okay. But the one I ended up picking was A New Level. 
simply because huh. it's kind of the least it's kind of the most like whatever to me on this album. How about that? It can kind of it can kind of take it or leave it, really. Fucking hot take Henry over here. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. So I'm just like, eh, whatever. A new okay. level I could do with or without. Doesn't really matter. Interesting. <clears throat> Whereas the other ones I actually have like some sort of opinion about good or bad. Hmm. That's kind of how I looked at it. How about that? Yeah, well, it's it, it's kind of to... it's kind of the least exciting song off this album for me. Huh. I I disagree, <clears throat> but you know, um that's that's why it takes two. <clears throat> um <laughs> So what was yours? Oh, Attack the Radical. Um, yeah. Throw that motherfucker in the garbage. Um, and I don't really hate the song. There's other songs that I dislike more, like as a musical piece. Okay. You know, um, like I don't, I don't, <laughs> to, to me, like, I was like, can I like get rid of seven, eight and nine? Can I get rid of no good? <laughs> Live in a hole, regular people, and get message of blood back. <laughs> Can I take the second half of Cowboys and, and transplant it up here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sort of how I felt um, because I feel like, I, you know, man, but, but, but I think as a song, like No Good, Attack the Radical is, is, is a good song, but the lyrical content. Oh God! It's it's not good at all. It's not good. It's no good. You might say it's n- no good for <laughs> no one. For no one. Um. So, but 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 like but live in a hole. Um. And so the thing is, is about so we're talking we're we're starting <clears throat> off talking about the shitty one or the the and I mean it's it's relative right because most bands would just fucking kill to have like one of these songs, but. I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like those tracks are just kind of fucking hot messes, man. Um, the arrangements are weird. The riffs are great, but the construction of the songs doesn't. It just doesn't work as well. I don't think. But, but you picked regular people as so one I of your regular essentials. People. So I all so defend that position. So I almost I went back and forth whether to pick regular people for one to keep or one to get rid of <laughs> is is the thing. Um, I'll drink to that. <laughs> um, oh, you even got X's and shit, man. You're oh, yeah, I, got so... e- I got emojis and shit on Dude, here. Dude, yeah, you're... Yeah. you're, you're um, this is a person who has to communicate with other people <laughs> via technology often. So, Not me. So I put that, <laughs> I put that on here because... I really like a lot of the musical shit that it does. I like the arrangement. I love the riffage on the song. I love the the feel and every like this is to me one of the most interesting and fun songs on this on this album, at least guitar wise and feel wise. Let me let me reorient myself lyrically. No, thank you. Yeah, we'll get. But I like all this shit. I'll do the. There's no complaints on the riffage, right? Like it's it's kind of on here on the strength of of that. Yeah, the riffage is incredible. I feel like the construction of the songs, of living a hole and regular people, kind of lacks a little bit to me. Hmm. Like just the way everything's tied together. So, yeah. 
Maybe, yeah, I don't know. So an another thing about this is, I mean, it goes for Cowboy. Well, yeah. <laughs> I fight for love, brother. <laughs> Your friends fight one another. <laughs> something, 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 something. Yeah. The solo's cool. Yeah. I don't know. I I yeah, I, I really enjoy the the construction of the song okay. overall. I, I like what they do with it. Um, it's one of my favorites on the album. It's it's one of the ones on the album where I could look at it and go, I really like a lot. I have feelings about what they're doing here. Okay. Quite a bit, versus some of the other stuff on this album. A lot of the other stuff on this album, I'm just, I just come back to it and I'm like, I kind of just don't really mind it or one way or right, the other. Right. Right. So I kind of feel that way. I think that you're describing about like a new level and walk. Because Same. they're just so like, they're Same. so ingrained. Uh, yeah. Um, that's again. That's kind of why I picked a new level for my get rid of because it's like it's so like I just don't care about it really. Right. And walk is like right there, honestly. Yeah. It's right there with it. Yeah, and it's and it's not because those aren't amazing. It's just because it's just kind of played out. We've just heard them so much. They're just and it's like almost when you when you think of those songs at this point, you don't even really. It's hard. It's this is what it is. It's hard to see those songs as for what they are and yeah. not see sort of like what they mean to other people and not like it's hard for me to think of walk and not think of seeing this like 50 year old dude do it at karaoke by himself in baytown one time <laughs> Whoa. okay yeah he was the DJ too. That's what it was even weird. It was like, I'll get this fucking party started. I'll just walk <laughs> by myself. And he's standing <laughs> by the fucking soundboard. And me and fucking Kevin Schubrick, you know, fucking <laughs> like I still kind of regret like me and because Kevin was like, we need to store we need to take the mic from him. We need to go storm this shit. Oh, was it like bad? It wasn't great. Okay. Um, I wish Kevin was here because he would have a great, he'd have a bang up impression. You know, what do you say? <laughs> like, it was kind of like, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. So, well, so, that's. So, so I, this album, much more than Cowboys from Hell, I come at it from a point of like not having a lot of feeling about it anymore and much hmm. more like coming at it fresher and just being like what do i actually like about this album anymore i i i i, I kind of see that you know what i mean right so, and, it, and this is the other thing too is like now we're starting to get into where we are almost gonna be reacting to other people's reactions to pantera and, and mm -hmm. for for me um, like, I, I mean, I'm not saying that that's necessarily what's that, that that's, that's not informing my entire opinion, but that just, it's like, it's a thing that I see in the corner of the room and like any asshole Pantera fan that you've met is not an asshole. Like they're not talking about heresy or art of shredding. Like they're talking about walk or a new level. <laughs> sure. Um, well, well I mean, like we said, this is kind of the album that, that projected what Pantera would become. Going, right, it's going solidified forward. the image 
you know and i mean you've got it right here like on on the back you know like you got like fucking phil looking all tough and shit he's got a shaved head um you know dime's got a weed hat you know dime is you know now dime is dime he's not diamond oh no he's still diamond oh shit he's still diamond hanging in there okay keep it clutch daryl i wouldn't have guessed um but yeah, but this is this is like the thing, and I'm gonna criticize a lot of it. Um, but it is also the thing that made Pantera special, which was this street fucking element, for lack of a better word. Like it felt it felt relatable, you know, it felt like you know, like there was something that felt very like like Metallica felt way up there. Yeah. You know. Um, but metal, but 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 Pantera somehow felt like it. It somehow felt real. I like, almost want to say like blue collar, but I don't know if that's the right term. There's there's something there though. There is something there, and and Phil is what did that, similar to what mm. Ozzy did with Black Sabbath, I think, in the seventies. Like mm. Ozzy b- took took whatever Sabbath was doing. You know, like the incredible musicianship, the whatever, 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 and like made it real and relatable to your average fucking person. And I think Phil did that too. Um, sure. And so, so that's like the big, that that's one of the reasons that Pantera was so successful, is that there was like a street cred element to their image. Um, you know, and and for all the like shit that they talked about alternative music and trends or whatever but there's a little bit of a grunge and grunge influence in their wardrobe change here like phil's <laughs> was literally wearing flannel at the monsters of rock yeah it's fucking wrapped around his goddamn cargo shorts you know um so you know like everyone was hit by that like every like every in the in the early 90s everyone was f- hit by that like Oh, it seems all the kids are really tired of all the pretentious bullshit. You got to like look like a regular person. Um, you got to bring that shit down. Yeah. Um, it seems like everyone was sort of hit by that. And Pantera like nailed that fucking image, and I think Phil was a big part of that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah. So, okay. Where do you want to start with this? Um so I get. I don't know. I guess the place to start with this, like we've already sort of brought up a little bit. Like, I spent a lot of time. I spent more time than I probably should have. Not a lot of time, but more time than I should have. I think listening to this album, reading the lyrics along with it, mm-hmm. which I did not do with Cowboys from Hell, and I never really have done before with this album. Okay. Um, like I knew a lot of the lyrics, but I'd never sat down and like gone along with it. I see. Like I did this time. And it was trying to pick out like what 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 is this album actually trying to say? <laughs> and after doing it a couple, after, I went through it a couple times, and it is, the results are unclear. <laughs> There's only the, the Magic Eight Ball said, "Fucking come back later." Dude. There are there are only two songs on here that are about fucking anything, <laughs> and that's this love and hollow. <laughs> yeah. And notice that both of those made my essential tracks list. Fair. Um, the so, rest of it is what I fucking said, man. It's free-floating aggression, like paranoia, aggro, bro. 
Yeah. You know. So so everyone's I'll, talking shit about me, but they don't fucking know. They, they, they don't know what I am. They don't know me. So I was going through like before I even listened to the album, I was like, I'm gonna have to go through and figure out which one of these songs has some shitty lyrical content <laughs> that I want to put on my fucking no <laughs> list, right? And my and so the reason I came away with something like a new level versus like you know one of the other songs that has like okay I don't want to say obviously shitty lyrics because I don't really know for sure that's kind of the thing it's it's kind of hard to tell what is being talked about here in a lot of cases it's so it, yeah 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 it's for so sure. nebulous but like it has an obvious um vibe or style to it like fuck you man you don't get me man like yes yeah yeah but like yeah, what yeah. are you talking about I don't right. know and it's just kind of like flaccid at that point to me at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know it. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what this album's about other than just like uh, uh, just like undirected, vulgar display of power, like just undirected yeah. rage, you know? Right, right, right. Well, and it's a very like specific kind of lens of rage yes. too, right? Yes, which it, is like it's very external. It's very like. You know, like fuck you, like you said, and it's there's nothing, right. there's like no, there's very little. Like I'm clearly in the right. You talk shit about me. You don't understand me. Fuck you, and like that's all of it. And like some of it, like like I'm looking at the, um, I'm looking at the lyrics of New Level, and it doesn't like bother me because there's a weird thing for me on this record where it's like if you're vague enough, if the lyrics are vague enough then I'm okay with it. And like Mouth for War, A New Level, <laughs> Fucking Hostile, those are vague enough. Those are very vague. Um, Attack the Radical, um, even regular people Less vague. Are, are not vague enough and I am not okay with, yeah. I'm not okay with the dog whistles and the bullshit in there. Um, so. That's what makes it even more weird is like, it's it's clear to me that he's trying to do that, but it still comes across as vague. Like it's still this weird middle ground. Right, and that's what makes it to me to maybe me. worse. Yes. On some level. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so let's let's go ahead and do this. Yeah. All right. So there is video footage of Phil screaming like Sig Heiling and screaming white power from the stage. When was this? This is the recent thing that happened in Dimebag at oh, Dimebash. Right. Whenever Rob Flynn blew the, that shit up. It was like three or four years ago. Or it is more than that. Okay. Um, I don't remember exactly what year, but right. you can see right. it. Go look at Rob Flynn's video. It's it's in there. The footage is there. You know, like Phil screams "White Power" and Sig Hiles. <sighs> That's not really forgivable. Um, yeah. Like, I don't... Nope, it's not. I don't really know how... Like, I still love the guy, you know? But I love him like, I guess I love a crazy racist uncle who's done some fucked up things. And, <laughs> um, you know, like, I, that's... Because I don't know how drunk you have to be Cause it's like if you don't sig heil and and like think about white power on a regular basis, I don't know why it would come out of you when you're drunk. 
Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm drunk as fuck right now, and I'm not doing a bunch of shit I've never... I'm not hitting you with a bunch of thoughts I've never thought before. <laughs> I've never once thought about white power, but here it comes. Blah! Like, no, that's... I don't think that's what happens. Um... And so, so that's a fucking problem and and you can't ignore it and you can't not look at these lyrics through that lens. Totally. I mean, he references multiple times like race and authority and things like that. Race, pride. Very directly. Prejudice. Yeah. So, Uh, but, but it, that's what's so fucking frustrating about this album with this lens to look back at it is it is so I mean, I guess it doesn't matter what it is from us now. I guess the point is what it was then, and it got people to think about... I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good, I don't have a good way to go about that. At the time... It, look, looking, back, looking back with our lens with what we know now about what he's done since then, it's frustratingly vague. On this album. Yes. But it didn't have to be then, I guess is what I'm saying, to get his point across. Well, and the, the, the thing about the lyrics in No Good Attack the Radical is that at the time, I thought that this was an anti-racist song. Exactly. That's that's Because that's how it will read to you. That's if, what, yes. If you are, if you don't, if you don't give a shit what black people say. That's how these lyrics will read to you because yeah. they will read to you as because so I also went and I and I and I listened to some of his white pride speeches that he was given in like 95. Really? And shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quote unquote white pride. Okay. I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, dude. I'm unfamiliar with this. Oh, dude, yeah, man. And I saw it fucking live, man. I I I saw him do this. Okay? Um, cause I, I was very fortunate. I saw Pantera like in 96, I saw them in 97, mm-hmm. I saw them in 99. And then I saw that we saw them together in, I think 2001, maybe 2002. Saw them a couple times together, I think. Nope. Just once. Just once. Okay. Astro Arena, reinventing the steel tour. Okay. That's the only time that we saw them together. Okay. You were at that, right? I was at that. I was, I saw them a couple times, I guess. I think you also saw them at like Baytown. I saw them at Ozfest. Uh, all right, right. I didn't go to that okay. for whatever fucking reason. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, and and I I think it was in the '96 show, like I think he he had like some fucking like white pride, white you know white this rant, and so I'm gonna kind of like paraphrase. <laughs> Forgive me. <sighs> so like. So the tone of those speeches, someone did like a YouTube compilation of them, put Mm -hmm. them together. And the tone of them, like, it's interesting because they're not the most racist thing that I've heard someone say from a stage in person. Sure. Okay. I'm not, I'm not talking about the like fucking Sig Heil screaming white power shit that we're going to put that over somewhere else. That's, that is unforgivable, you know, um, incriminating beyond yeah you know um but so just looking isolated at these things he was saying in like 95 
So the 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 racist the most racist thing I've ever heard someone say in person was Ted Nugent. <laughs> wow, you saw Ted Nugent somewhere. Yeah, fucking opening for Kiss in 1998 oh at my the Woodlands Pavilion, and this motherfucker said, "Speak English or get the fuck out of the country." 1998 to a fucking Kiss audience in Houston, Texas, which is like a good like 50 percent Hispanic. It was upsetting. It was upsetting, dude. Like, Did, for real. Were, Be- were, were people, like, pissed? Dude, it was really fucking weird because there was, like, a split second where, like, it went silent. Like, people kind of didn't realize what it was that you said and it took a minute to process? Right, because it was, like, halfway into a set and everyone everyone up to that point was just, like, fucking, like, yeah, fucking Ted Nugent, man. You fucking rock. We're enjoying your fucking music. And then, like, halfway in, he, like, pulls, like, out a American flag or some bullshit. Does some whatever demonstrative bullshit. And he says something, 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 something. If you can't speak English, get the fuck out of the country. And like, it's the goddamn Woodlands people. You know, it's an outdoor shed, man. And like, it was like, it went silent. And like, and and it, because it was like for like half a second, because everyone was taking a breath. Right. And like, it felt like 30% of the people were taking the breath to go, and then 30% of the people were taking a breath to go, yes! Like they were just invigorated by this racist man. And then 20% of the people were just confused. Um, It was... But uh, then the other 20% were just... <laughs> they just died. <laughs> they just passed out from they, like, they disbelief. Like, what is it even... Like they weren't even paying attention. They were just it. thinking about Stranglehold. Yeah, awesome they didn't, the solo yeah. And they didn't even hear him. Yeah. Um. So that's like... Oh, God. So that's, cause that's just incendiary bullshit. And Phil's speeches are not that. They're 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 something different. They're more subtle. Yeah. And there's something weird going on. Um, I I've never heard these speeches from him, so I don't okay. understand okay. quite if they are like ignorant. They're they're a little that. They're a little that. Or intentionally subversive, you know, like there's a very clear difference a lot of the time. They're, they're, it's big triggered white man energy. Uh-huh. Okay? okay, so here you go. I'm gonna paraphrase. All right, so Phil's, it's it's kind of like this, right? Um, not that being ignorant is an excuse, by the way. Of course, of course. Yeah, not saying that. Yeah. Um, it's like, all right, like it's just like, I'm trying to decide if I should do this in a Phil voice or not. <laughs> Um, we'll, 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 it'll probably like morph in and out, but it's like, it comes from this place of like, like, I'm not prejudiced. I'm not racist. I love people of all colors and creeds, but, but, and let me hear you scream if you understand what I'm saying. Cause no one else has the guts to say what me, a Pantera, what we're going to really say to you. (laughs) I am goddamn sick and tired of having to hear black people talk about racism. And say that it's white people's fault. I was born 1968. I didn't have anything to do with any of that bullshit. So that's the, okay. I see what you mean. No. That's the vibe of it, right? Yeah, I see what you mean. And like he he adds a few more steps. I'm paraphrasing to really drive the point home, but he, like his whole thing, like it bothers him enough to take minutes out of a goddamn arena metal show. 
Like you got two, you got three. You got three of the best goddamn motherfucking musicians playing. Roll right and, into that. <laughs> and you're like, hold the fuck up, Don, Vinny, and Rex. I need to talk about someone saying racism exists. It's big, you know what it is? It's big fucking like CR, like the big like critical race theory protests right now. Like I'm not racist, but I'll be goddamn if I need, if I'm going to be forced to listen to black people talk about racism. If anyone wants to tell my kids that racism happened, fuck that shit. Right. But I'm not racist. And how dare you, you know what I mean? If we don't, if we don't bring it up, it'll just stop happening. Right, 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 right. Like, I'm not racist, but I'll be goddamn if I'm going to let black people no, fuck talk that. about it. Fuck that. You know? So, yeah, it's 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 problematic. It's bullshit. Um, and it's fucking strange that, that like, that, like, dude, you're a goddamn fucking rock star. Why is this the thing you're picking to be angry about? What the fuck, dude? And, like, and it, and, mm. it, and, and like, and I, and I have to be angry about it. And as much as I love Phil, and as much as I want to honor and respect his legacy, because, like, when he says shit like this, like he speaks for all of the metal fucking community, and he, and and he incidentally, like, for the people who do feel that and do resonate with that, he makes a safe space for those motherfuckers. Right. Right. And fuck. All of those assholes. Right. It's that that's that percentage of Ted Nugent crowd you're talking about. Like right. that's that's the that's right. the trouble there. Right. You know, and, and like it's it's that like and I mean I remember that aesthetic floating around, you know, in the mid nineties, like if they called it white entertainment television, that'd be racist. See, black people are are racist. And, and you know, man, and like that's just ignorance, right? That's like ignorance. Um and, but there's a difference, but like, I can't fucking imagine being successful in the fuck as, as Pantera is in the nineties and like being mad enough about, about that to like stop a goddamn show and talk about it. I mean, why don't you fucking, why don't you goddamn talk about like goddamn Tibet or something <laughs> like the Beastie Boys, you fuck. <laughs> like, well, they had that covered or they had a whole show about that. I mean, I can think of a reason why you might want to feel that strongly about it. Because you have some fucking feelings about that. Right. Mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. think of a very good reason for that. Uh, so. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. Like, I, right. Uh, yeah. And, and then the other aspect of that is it's like. And this was something that, that, that Kimberly said on mm -hmm. when she was, you know, like interrogating the Rogan stuff on the For Harriet Thing is she said, um, because like lots of people were coming out like that, like, Rogan doesn't have a Reese's bone in his body, right? You know, and, sh and, 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 and then she like just cut through all that bullshit. And she, she was like, I don't, if you're platforming racist speech, I don't care what's on your heart. Yeah, fair. And that like, to, to me, that just like, like cuts through all the bullshit. Like, I don't care how nice Phil is 
to the black people that he considers his friends. Yeah. Okay? Like, you stand on the stage and you do that, you make the world less safe for black people. Yeah. It's literally actions speak louder than words. Yes. It's like the most base definition. Because you have to consider not just what that means to you, like what that speech means to you, and like whatever subtle fucking ways that that's like, you know, like maybe you're just mad at this one very specific thing. What does that speech mean to your audience? Yeah. And you are responsible for that. Because you stopped your goddamn show to fucking talk about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this isn't, this isn't, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, like it's a fucking issue. And so if yep. we if we bring it back to you know to this song right um we're going to get through this and we're going to go back to talking about the things we love but we got to talk about all this bullshit too there's a lot of bullshit on this album to be fair it it is what it is so whatever yeah yeah like it um uh, so like the, the this song is like, I feel like this song. This song is almost like a masterclass. Which in one? Like, uh, no good attack the radical. Okay. And like a, a like masterclass and like dog whistling bullshit. Because it's the kind of thing that if you have like just a little bit of like racist ideas, or racist perspectives mm -hmm. floating around, which I certainly did as a young man listening to this record. Mm -hmm that you're going to pick up on the part that you want to pick up. And you're going to be like, look, see, this isn't racist, you know, but there's other things in there. Right. So, um, you know, let me, let me gather my thoughts here for a second. Right. Um, cause I've, I've had a lot, I've had a lot of black tooth grin here. <laughs> um, it'd probably just be better if I think about this from memory, but like, so like the, the aspect of, like, what is it? Um, okay, here's a good one. We'll start here. So, um, no chance, not for a minute, not for a second, I won't be defensive. I'm straight out, in my opinion, you better listen to a man who knows what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, like, all right. I've seen your side. You run and hide from the mere fact that you feel inferior, be superior, and know your, know your interior. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what's what's that implying, right? So this this is in that kind of like vague word, you know, like you're saying, yeah, but but this isn't really word salad. Like he's saying something. He's di that's directed somewhere at someone at something. Um, but this kind of like, so it's painting this picture to me that if you complain, right? You run and hide because you feel inferior. So like, if there's any problem that you haven't been able to fix on your own, that's your fault. So there's that idea. Um, in the States, there's a problem with race because of ignorant past burn fires. So like right there, like if you think that like, yeah, Pantera's not racist, like right there, you're like, look, man, yeah, he said ignorant past burn fires. He's saying, all that shit in the past is ignorant. Right. He's not racist. This isn't racist, right? 
From evolution, we've been killing each other. I figure man should have it down to a science. Wait a minute. <laughs> and that's kind of the rhythm of this whole fucking song is he says a thing that that is kind of triggering one way or another. And then the next line kind of counteracts it. So that you're just kind of like, what the fuck are you even talking about? But what happens is that you're able to take what you want out of it. Exactly. And that's the problem, right? Sure. Um, so, you know, race, pride, prejudice, black man, white man, no stand. Living what, what does that fucking, do you know what that means? I have no idea what that means. Okay. I didn't bother trying to find out because I don't think it means anything. But Yeah, live in the past. We make it last. That seems like a fucking problem because it sounds yeah. like you're saying you're making the past carry on, right? Um, I hated mass. No solution. Mind pollution for revolution. This is all word salad. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's saying. Um, I like the melody of this chorus. So lo, behold my eyes. This land of fools will rise. No good for no one. So my big question here was what, when you say this land of fools will rise, what, what does you, that mean? What are you talking about? Because immediately you're like, oh, that's the phrase that, you know, Confederates used. Right. The South, South will, will rise, rise again. again. So is that, are you talking about that? Because it doesn't seem like you are, but you sure are kind of saying but it. You, but but, but you, in that, like, and that's the thing. Like, that's why this is so problematic. Because he's sort of like abstract, in, like he's abstract, like tapping in to all of those things yeah. without like saying those things. And so if you are kind of like an ignorant kid like me who thinks racism is bad, but still has a lot of racist bullshit floating around their head because you're a fucking white kid growing up in fucking East Texas um, in the 90s. Yeah. You hear this and you think like, yeah, man, it's clearly not racist because he says ignorant past burn fires or he says, you know, this or says that. But if you are if you do have explicit racist ideas, you know, here's here's the here to me, here's the the clincher, right? You blame oppression and play the role of criminals. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty clear. Right? Yeah. Like, like he doesn't say who he's talking about here, but you've already said black man, white man in the fucking song. All right. And this is, this is another thing, too, man. Like, this is taking place. When, when did fucking Rodney King happen? That was 92, I think. We, yeah, like, let, let's let's see. Um, Because there's some bullshit that goes down. Um, 91. 91? Okay. Yeah, 91. So, the in the fucking metal community, the fucking, like, blue-collar white community... A big read on the LA riots that 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 the that the blue collar white community had was like they destroyed their own community, right? Those fucking animals. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying that's what I think. I'm just saying that's what that was the read on it. That yeah. Was what people were saying about it. Right. Yes. And so that's part of the context in which a song like this is written. Um. You know, you blame oppression and play the role of criminals to rape and burn shows progress is minimal. White hoods and militants, you know it's such a pity, living and breathing violence in your city. That doesn't sound like he's saying white hoods are a bad thing. That That's, 
I don't know what he's saying there. Right. I don't the know what he's saying. What is he saying there? But I don't think he's, but he's not explicitly saying white hoods are a bad thing. No, you he's know, not. You know, it's such a pity. Like, well, uh, it, who knows? I don't know. And I mean, and that's like part of the problem. Yes. Right? That's yes. part of the problem. Yes. You know, because if you're a racist ass piece of shit, you hear that verse and you're like, yeah, you blame oppression, blah, blah, blah. You're a bunch of excuse making fucking criminals. Black people make excuses and they're fucking criminals. That's what you hear if you're a racist piece of shit. Um, you know, there's you, there's you not making any progress. There's no progress made. White hoods and militants, yeah, that's what you fucking get. You get violence in your city. You get white hoods. You get militants. You know? And like, and I'm not saying, listen, if you're a Pantera fan and this is just a song that you like, I'm not, I'm not saying that... This isn't like an attack on. I'm someone not. Who yeah, likes I'm not attacking. No matter how radical you might be, I'm not attacking. You. No good attack. You know, um, gotcha. But like, I'm talking to like, I'm saying like, but if you are like a fucking like self-described neo-Nazi motherfucker, that's what you're gonna hear. Like, yeah, you're not gonna hear this and be like, man, Phil, Phil Phil's not racist at all. This made me rethink my position. Yeah, it's it's so weird because in the next part of this fucking verse, he he starts talking about like the the next bit is if one man had one home in one world, he'd live alone without variety. And it, this whole next part, it makes it sound like he's he's giving you like a what if scenario of what if no one had had exposure to other uh yeah, like what if we were all the same? Yeah, what, right, what, what if, if what if we were homogenous? What if what if there was no differentiation, and no variety? He literally says variety, right? And and wouldn't that make things fucking weird and bad? Is is like what he's almost? So it's very confusing as to where right. he's trying it's to go with this. It's extremely confusing because and part of that, even, I, even I, if you take that, even if you take that for its surface level, right, and you assume it's good, it's still it's still racist and shitty because it's like, is that only, is that black people's fucking only purpose is to add variety to your fucking life? You know, like even yeah. that idea is, sure. is problematic, not as problematic as like white hoods. Um, sure. It, it just doesn't, but then in like, you know, it wouldn't, no matter what color, he wouldn't be safe from hell. He dwells a closed mind playing the part of prison cells. And it's like, right. So it, I mean, he's clearly not saying, like, if you're white, you should expand your horizons. He's not saying that. Right, 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 he, right. He's kind of saying anybody – he's he's doing this weird, you know, generalization thing that just doesn't work on any level. No. And so it's, that just makes it all the more confusing and useless. Yeah, useless. Really. Absolutely fucking useless. And, you know, so, so yeah, man, I, I wish that song – didn't fucking exist yeah um because it because if it didn't you know yeah man like what the fuck phil i wish i wish you weren't i wish you didn't say such racist shit you know <laughs> i mean yes agreed and, and i'm glad and i wish you didn't fucking empower shitty ass motherfucking racists um you know i love you dude and 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 I and I have the absolute most utmost respect for you 
as like a musician and a frontman and an originator and a pioneer and all that shit. But but man, I really wish. I really wish that this wasn't part of it, man. Fuck, fuck, dude. Yeah. <coughs> but that is all over the place on this album. Yeah, man. And like that is another thing. Like, I think it was. Uh, There's another one that like you just get like the. This is kind of a reach on my part, and I understand that it's a reach. Okay. Um, so, um, like on regular people. Yeah. It's like sometimes you just get like the slightest hint, like the slightest little hint, like that Phil is imagining someone of a different race as his imaginary foe. Yeah. In some of the lyrics, you know, like it's like it's probably not. Like, he's probably just thinking about some asshole on his fucking street that pissed him off, you know? But given all the other crazy shit that he said, you know, like, it doesn't feel like he's like he's just mad at someone whose personality rubs him, rubs him the wrong way, you know? And, like... What, which part are you talking again, about? Again, like, I know this is a reach. But, well, like, the, um, you know, like, I fight for love of brother, your friends fight one another. So that's, like... That was like kind of like part of like that ethos mm. of like, you know, oh, you know, black people just killing each other. Right. You know, fucking all these rappers just fucking shooting and killing each other, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Like that's like yeah, okay. part of the bullshit commentary waters, you know, pop culture waters at the time. Sure. And so like, again, man, if that was all that there was, I would never connect those dots. Right, you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, man. Like he just knows some shitty friends. He just knows some dude who has some shitty friends. I would never, you know what I mean? But like, when you stop a fucking concert, it's like, dude, y'all could have, y'all could have played "Message in Blood" <laughs> in the <laughs> but, time period. Yeah, like, but no, man, Primal you just, you, twice. Yeah, like you just fucking ranted for fucking three minutes about like being mad that that there's artists that talk about racism. You know, like now I now I have to now you you did this. Now I am forced to look at your entire lyrical output through that lens. Yeah. Yep. Because you've shown me that those issues matter enough to you. If it matters enough to you to stop a fucking concert to fucking talk about, like on every goddamn like not one. It's not just a thing that got stuck in your craw at one fucking show. You did this at every goddamn show of that tour. You know? Like, this mm. was just, this was a shtick that you did. Right. You know? Like, that was, that was in the set list somehow. Had to make time for that to happen. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, so, like... Jesus. Right after Hard Lives and Sunken Cheeks, but before I'm broken, that's what I'm gonna... I'm going to talk about how you should have pride in whatever you fucking do, man, but don't blame shit on any other people. And like on the Don't blame shit on any, any other people, but also write a whole album about how other, <laughs> everyone else is fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah, right. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because you ain't got the ball, son. son. All right. Oh, uh, man. Let I, me, listen. I Again, I picked this song for one of my three to pick for this fucking... Thing. Right, right, right. Regular, right, right, but right, right. Good lord, these lyrics garbage. <laughs> like I'm not at any at any point defending any of this shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That you think you won't. 
Ooh, that's you smart have that ass smart ass attitude. It's time to stop the fiction. See, that's the thing, man. Like, I'm allowed to criticize this, all right? Because this shit's in my fucking bones. Okay? <laughs> right. Like, uh, this is, I didn't like, I didn't learn about this record <laughs> and be like, I'm not, you know, like, oh, let's cancel fucking Phil Anselmo. Like, I think well, that's not what this is going on here, man. <laughs> like, this is, this is a piece of art that worked its way into the fabric of my fucking being. And then you show your fucking ass doing all this racist yeah. bullshit on stage. And now I have to interrogate that same part of myself. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, man. Don't come at me, motherfuckers. Or come at me. I don't fucking care. Hey, whatever. Um, so, but yeah, all right. I I think I've said my piece. I think I've been very clear. Uh, so let's talk about some of the shit we fucking love about this record. Uh, Here's something. Here's something, okay? Okay. okay because I've just been specifically ripping on Phil right yes. now. Okay. So the other side of this coin is one of the things that makes Phil one of the best fucking front men's front men that I've ever seen because he had front man's front man's. It works. It works. Um, because he for better or worse has like the confidence to fucking speak his mind and like be real with this fucking audience. Okay. So I'm tell you a few stories. <laughs> Of seeing Phil do this. Okay. Um, for better or worse. So one was the very first time that I saw Pantera. I've told a piece of this story before on the podcast, but fuck it. So it was July of 1996. Pantera, Great Southern Tranco came out in May of 96. Load came out in June of 96. Um, I thought both records were amazing. Until I saw Pantera live in July. This was my first concert I'd ever seen. And somewhere about Ooh. halfway between fucking Pantera, you know, Phil said, you know, and like this other thing, like it was White Zombie and Pantera. Right. And the only lights that Pantera used for that show were just fucking white fucking lights. <clears throat> the balls. <laughs> like just to be as a, just to be a contrast to White Zombie, right? Right. Like, it was just so bare fucking bones. It was just those fucking dudes. Why zombie known for, like, an amazing, right. amazingly intricate, elaborate stage show. Right. And and Pantera just came out with fucking, like, white lights on the stage and just decimated. Right. Um, But somewhere about halfway between, like, Phil says, like, y'all are lucky to have a fucking band like Pantera that's gonna wave the heavy metal flag and make a kick-ass fucking record like we did instead of that fucking bullshit-like load. <laughs> and, like, and, like, the whole crowd, I was, like, I was shocked because I'm, like, 12. And I'm, like, but, I, but, but, but man, like, poor Twisted Me. Um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Gotta have the sickness, cause everyone seems to need the cure. Like I was like, I like all of it. Um, but but in that moment, Phil said that the rallying cry in that instant, I was like, he's right. Right. <laughs> Load fucking sucks. <laughs> Boo! You know. Oh, you turned on load. I instantly. Oh, instantly. No. Because. Because Phil was able to do that thing where he just was able to feel like it was like, oh, this is just a dude like 
Just speaking his mind, he's, he's, man. It's like, you know, when he's, like... He's just saying what everyone thinks. He's just in this, you know, like you're at a party, you know, you're hanging out, you're jamming Sabbath tunes in a fucking trailer, and, and in between, some dude just has some shit on his heart that he has to fucking let out. And Phil was able to do that in front of like 10,000 people. Yeah. And sometimes it was about like a record that he didn't like, that he like as a fan didn't like. And sometimes it was about black people. <laughs> um, here's another one. Yep. Here's another one. This one is this one is better. This one's good. This one was this is a casualty free one. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I went and saw down at the Meridian uh, sometime in like uh, 2009 or some shit. Okay. And it's like halfway through the set. Everyone's a little tired. Because of how everyone's exhausted by how amazing Down is. Um, and Phil was like, all right, Houston, let me hear you. And people are like, yeah. <laughs> it's like half falling over. And yeah, because people fucking tired, man. And it's like that drunk weird. Drunk so tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That weird like middle part of the set before you're like having your like second wind. Uh-huh. Before you're having your rally. Yeah. You know, they're still like coming out of the first part of the set, and they haven't they haven't hit that next crescendo yet. Right, 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 right. It's like, dude, play still the crow. Shut the fuck up. Like here we go. You're like, um, <laughs> and so, and so Phil was like, Houston, is that all you got? Let me hear you. And people were like, yeah, and like, not nah, he didn't get much more. And he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, Houston. I want to hear you get, I want to hear you be as quiet as possible. <laughs> All three. One, you heard me. As fucking quiet as possible. One, two, I want to hear a fucking thing. One, two, three. Yeah! <laughs> You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what, Houston? I respect that. <laughs> this was called Pillars of Eternity. <laughs> you know? You work with what you're given. Or, or, or whatever it was, man. And it's like... So, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. That's like some, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen someone say at a concert. That's very good. It's so fucking good, it's right? Really good. So don't all that, all that, all that shit I'm giving you is coming from a place of love. There are so many good things there, and then, then there have to be these shitty, these shitty things about it. But I didn't love, but I didn't love you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't come at you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't interrogate these things. But but I but I I, res, I respect the legacy and I gotta I gotta deal with all of it. Yep. So all right, man. You can't so, pick and choose. So let's talk about some shit that we love about this record. I mean, let's just talk about fucking hostile for a second here, <laughs> if you it's will. Almost every day, I see the same old face. <laughs> like, goddamn, man. It's it's a it's a. It's it's still on that on the same tip lyrically, but like, that song is fucking incredible. Is there a more 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 precise and ferocious song? No, nah, probably not. Yeah, 
yeah, precise is a good word for it. It's uh, they talk about that in the interview as well, like how how uh, tight they had to get for that song to even happen, right? To even work because right. you couldn't fuck that up. You couldn't you couldn't fudge that song, right? And like that's again another sort of thing that's like so crazy about Dime, you know. And like play because they in that interview they talk about it being like almost like an agnostic front song. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And dime, <clears throat> like, and that's the thing too is like that song is like it's not that fast, right? I think it's in like the one ninety range. Um, but it's not like. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Maybe brushing up against 200, yeah. I th- I think it's pretty... I think it's in the 180 to 190 range. I think. You know, whatever. But, yeah, it, but, but, but it's pretty fast. It's fast enough to where if you're that precise, it's fucking hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like... It doesn't, it doesn't get into that, like, Slayer range where you can, like, just go for it. <laughs> and, exactly. and, and people will respect the effort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, and it's so goddamn unique. I, you know, like, I do feel like that is, that song, this is the thing, this is the thing. As much shit as I might want to talk about, like, the second half, not even really the second half of this record, because I love Hollow, and I love By Demons Be Driven. Yeah. And on second listen, man, you know, second re, you know, re-listen, like, Rise is, Rise is pretty solid as well. But the first five tracks on this record are the cornerstone of Pantera's career. And I don't think yeah. anyone will disagree with that. I think you're right. Um, the first five songs on this record is what made this fucking band. I don't... Yeah. I, 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 that, I don't think there's any disputing that, honestly. Right. Like, though, the first five songs on this, the, the, the side A kings, fucking Pantera right here. You know, Abbott's and Company. Um, I mean, Phil wrote the fucking Mouth for War intro riff, apparently. I didn't, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We forget that, like, Phil, but, Phil ain't, ain't, a, ain't the most shabby guitar player. Yeah, but, as he said in that interview, I brought it, I brought it to the band. I was like, ticket, 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 ticket. And then Dime turned it into, yeah, 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 yeah. Such a great description. God. Um, Good. It fucking like Phil's talking about like his grip on the fucking, you know what I mean? They, they they both mentioned that, yeah, and yeah. I don't know what that fucking means, man, but I sure loved hearing those guys talk about it. You know, that's yeah. another thing, man. Like of that. Speaking of that interview, man, it was also like so clear, like how much love. It just makes it so tragic the way that everything shook out because of. How, it's so clear. It's obvious. Like you can feel it. Like how much love those two dudes have for both. Diamond Vince. Yeah. I mean, at one point, the, the interviewer's like, so do you guys like, have any, like, nice stories about yeah. about Diamond Vince, like, on the, on the road? Yeah, it feels like none. Like, no, of course not. Of course, of course we don't. Of course not. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> you fucking kidding like, me? Well, I just kind of wanted to prompt y'all to talk yeah. about him. He was just like, I just like hearing about him, man. <laughs> I just like hearing all the stories. Like, of fucking course we do. Like, we got fucking... Like, what are you talking... Yeah, yeah, man. And, like, and it's just, it's so shitty... And I'm sure we'll talk about that more in depth of like, you know, at some point. But it just it 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 sucks that Phil and Vince weren't able to like mend that relationship while Vinny was alive. Yeah. Um 
Yeah. You know, fucking sucks, man, because it's it's clear that those dudes had just nothing but love for each other. Yeah. Um, that's like to me, that's one of the biggest tragedies in the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fucking hostiles, goddamn legit. Uh, mouth for war is like just a mission statement of a song. Yeah. Like, um, that- and there's also like such a weird, like subtle, brutal weirdness to that song. Right, that, like, like the there's this because I had to like I had to like transcribe that song a few years ago because a a friend of mine wanted to jam on it, and like the the getting into the verse because those hits are on upbeats, that's what's so weird about them. No, 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 no. So here's here's what I'm talking about. Like that. Like that. That like that. Revenge. Oh, those. Okay. Like. Cause it, cause like there's space in there is long enough to where like right. your like internal clock resets, and so you want to hear it as like revenge, like you want to hear yeah. it on the downbeat, but it's not. It's on the upbeat, like it's revenge. That's why it's so confusing to hear. Yeah. It's so it's totally. so like disorienting, right? I yeah. like went and listened to like so many different versions of it before I like was able to fucking figure that out. I'm like, huh. are they doing like a measure of seven, you know, or some like weird shit? You know, but no, man, like those big hits are like on like E's and U's, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, and it's just like sort of an example of like like that that way that Pantera was able to weave in this sort of like subtle, very intricate technicality, like shit that you would think like, oh, that's only going to be in a Rush song. It's not going to be in this fucking like dirty ass fucking dope smoker band song. Um, that was down. <laughs> it, um, it became Pantera. Um, uh, yeah, t- absolutely. Yes. So, um, new level. I know that you like, fo- you know, faux pas this song a little bit, but like to me, like, and it, it happens on Rise too. Like, I don't know what the fuck Vinny's doing in like the fucking um, verse mm-hmm. of New Level, because there's like. Okay, so do you remember like on like the Saint Anger album? Oh no, last time you listened to that. But, but, well, uh, go ahead. But like, there's like a lot of like the like. But there's like these big kick notes. Like there's like all this like small kick like you know like these accented kick notes that stand out really big. And it sounds like there's all this other like bass drum notes in there, but it but then like but then he comes in with like other shit and it's like well no man I guess he wasn't playing all that double bass maybe it's like the bass tone and I don't know what the fuck you know what I mean like I don't know man okay but it's confusing to me. <laughs> um, uh, something oh yeah this is something that I noticed about New Level, so maybe this might change your opinion about okay. it. Okay. Um, so you can really hear how they leave space for each other. So a lot of these riffs, like they wouldn't be cool riffs or they wouldn't work without the way that Phil does vocals on top of them. So I think that that's, that's another thing that's sort of like, um, you know, and I mean, it's true for Walk as well, of... What is the genius of Pantera of being able to take like one thing, one little tiny thing, recognize that it's catchy, mm-hmm. and then have the skill 
as songwriters to build an entire song around it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because they very clearly make that a point again in that interview, they make it a point to say they they were very keen on they're very keen on catching what was catchy about something and right. making that into like a groovy heavy right thing. So, yeah, that that that's true. Um Yeah, walk. <laughs> yeah, walk, walk again, walk going back to that like that's just a thing that I just can't um I can't take it face value anymore. It's, it's just hard. It's right? gone. It's it's too far gone now. Right? Like it's it's I've I know it. I've known it for my entire fucking life it feels like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, that's that's bit like if I had to say, if I had to give you the prototypical Pantera song, it's Walk. Right, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That anyone would give you. Right. That, that anyone can relate to, it's Walk. And um, it's, I've just... We've been going for like almost three and a half hours, so I wanted to save it. Terrified, petrified, mortified, <laughs> mortified, stupefied, stupefied by you. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, walk is just like something that I can't even think about anymore without. I just that's just one that's, of those things that's that, in there. You know, man, you that's know? fair. When when I I can kind of like listen to it a little bit. So it's one of the things I noticed trying to listen to it critically. Yeah. This time was how every single drum hit is of utmost consequence <laughs> it's a make or break in that in every that, time in that fucking song like, <laughs> i mean that song specifically like yeah right sure and, and it, it is just there's so little going on in that song that yeah right it it shows the mastery to me and I think that's a thing about that song. Like, why that is a signature Pantera song is because no other fucking band can make that song fucking work. Fair, yeah, probably so. And any other time that another band makes that song work, it's because we remember how, like, oh, you remind me of how Pantera made that work. No, totally. Again, that interview, they talk about this shit, but I've heard people, like, do covers of the song, and it just doesn't work the same way. Right. Because right. they, 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 they're missing something. As Machine Head, one of my favorite fucking band. I think one of your favorite bands as well. They do an amazing cover of uh, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Mm -hmm. They do an amazing cover of Battery. Yeah. Holy shit. What a hard fucking song to try and cover. They yep. do an amazing version of it. Their version of fucking Hostile. Ooh. Hmm. Doesn't quite cut the Ooh. mustard. Didn't they play that live when we saw it once? Maybe. Once? I really have no idea. Okay. If they played it live, I bet it sounded amazing then. But just like, <laughs> you know, but but there, there, that, that there is a version floating out, floating around out there that they released on some B-side or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and it's it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. capture that thing, man, because 
goddamn man, Pan fucking Terra. Yeah, like I'm not surprised that it doesn't. I'm I'm, I'm never I'm never shocked that a pan, that a Pantera cover doesn't live up to what I expected <laughs> to, you know? Right. So, but, right. And, and I guess that that alone is testament to to how important and, and amazing they are. Right. Um, we talked about fucking hostile already. Um, I still I I love this love. So I love this love. Yeah. I love this love. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a it's a it's a really great. It's a really great everything uh, arrangement, like decisions to do the 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 breakdowns. Uh, the the clean riff is so. It's again, it's another like weird riff. Yeah, it's, it's a really weird thing. But it, to do it. Oh, that, yeah. is that the riff you're talking the, about? The, the clean, the, the intro. This is just a weird riff. Right, right, right. You got the fucking like. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah. What do you call that? The it's kabasa. Kabasa. Okay. Uh, my kielbasa sausage has just got to perform. Um, different. We could do an entire Tenacious D episode, probably. No, man, I fucking hate those guys. Really? No. Oh. No. No. Oh, no. No. Okay. No. <laughs> well, one way or the other, we could do an episode, probably. Because there's good energy there. Um. Yeah, so, like, I really, really love that song. Um, I wrote down, like, that 250 and 450 riffs. So that's what I was talking about earlier, like, those post-chorus okay. riffs. You know, you know, and then, the, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just, it's... I feel like that... That song right there might be one of, the, like, the big North Stars that I think we as All Severed were sort of... not Not necessarily intentionally... But I think almost subconscious. Like I think of like the song again, mm-hmm. and and this idea of like you have a chorus, right? But you have these very different ways of getting out of that chorus. And and to me, this love is the perfect template for how you that that, that like that is possible to make a great mm-hmm. song that has a catchy chorus that you get to a number of times, but that isn't just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, outro. Right. That is like a, you know, A, B, C, A, you know, like, hey, you know, like A, B, C, B, C, D, E, F, G, C, you know, H, I, J. I I lost track, but I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I think you're probably (laughs) right, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a good point. And then every time the solo comes in, I always think of the video, like with the fucking like smoke machine in the hand. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the actual music video. Yeah, the, the hand. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. I, if there's one thing I'm going to knock Pantera for, it's their music videos, except for Five Minutes Alone. Which is maybe the best video of all time. Fuck that, no, nah, dude, man. I'm broken is the best video of all fucking time. That's eh, all right. It's it, dude. It is the it is the um it is the standard. It is like let's just have some fucking dudes in a room playing their fucking music. But like it is that. But but for I'm broken, they do it for real. <laughs> they do do it for real. And then the, every other band for like 
still for like 30 goddamn years later, man. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, dude, this is final fucking room. And let's just have like, we'll just metal. Have the, have the one light bulb hanging down. Yeah, we'll, we'll just do metal in a room. And it doesn't fucking work. That's true. But five minutes alone, man, they got those fucking high def cameras like on the and the strings fucking get out bend, of the shot! The strings out fucking of the shot! down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in like a fucking uh <laughs> they're like a shipping container, like the back of a fucking moving truck or some shit. Let's go! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, boy. Let's fucking go for real, yeah. That's oh that's fine. It's it's, you don't know that it's fine. It's resilient. It's a base. Got those thick strings. Dude, you got me all fucking amped up thinking about, like, behind-the-scenes footage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Um, Pan Pantera are not great at music videos, but pretty good sometimes. Man, I don't I, Dude, I think I gotta, like... I think that we gotta... I think I gotta say a hard no okay. to you on that. Because okay. I bet if we watched other fucking music videos that were going on at the time, we'd be like, dude, these videos are the best fucking things we've ever fucking seen. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go both ways. There were a lot of shitty music videos out there, but there were also a lot of the ones I really like. my bass is okay. I think your bass is... Or belong to us. <laughs> All your base. Um, it's not. It didn't crack in half. I think it's probably all right. Fair, fair enough. I, is there a chip on the on the headstock up there? That's character. Fair That's enough. That's character. Fair enough. Battle um, battle damage. Um. All right. Yeah. So so uh, yeah. This love's a great song. So yeah, we're we're on to the the second half of the album, which is maybe less so. But... Which is like I think it's great because like they know <sighs> they know in that interview they know they didn't know yeah they said that so they said as much. They're like, well, so what songs did you play live? Well, like the the fucking first five, obviously. <laughs> they literally, literally said, they, we, we literally, like, you asshole, we literally have to play those every fucking time. It took them like five minutes of rambling song titles to remember that Rise was on the first side <laughs> of, of, the, uh, of the cassette. <laughs> oh, boy. So, shit. Yeah. Um,. So, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, I can't make heads tells the lyrics on Rise, but, um, and again, I don't know what the fuck Ben is doing on his bass drums in those fucking thrash parts. Um, <laughs> but I think that's a strong, I think Rise is a strong fucking song though. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, I think the riffs and the songwriting and the hooks and everything on No Good are really great. I, the next few songs, like the the riffs are incredible. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of what they have going on. The, the incredible riffage, some great like uh, some great groove. Yeah, here and some there. Good hooks. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, there's just something. There is something missing. But it's like whenever the first five tracks are what they are on this record, like I mean, dude, what the, you know, like it's no insult to say that there's something missing. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, on Live in a Hole, so something that I did notice on this that I really liked was the, uh, there's like kind of like, I feel like you hear like the first, like a hint of the low, vo like the real low vocals, like with a, not like, not just like, you know, medicine man. You ain't got the balls, son. Yeah, like not that, but like the, my fear grips, mm. you know, like 
um, or that, like that, that far beyond driven. Yeah, 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 like my grip fears the will of stone. Ma grip fears I'll die alone. Like that right there. Like you're mm-hmm. you're getting like okay. Like I feel like a little. You're starting to get a little little bit of that like death metal influence in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. And like 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 low and aggressive. Okay. Like not just like low as like almost like a novelty. Like it is on Medicine Man. Uh, right, you right. know what I mean. Like it's great. Like I'm not knocking Medicine Man, right? But but yeah. you're getting like that, that that I feel. And so like that was something that I that I put on. I was like, oh okay, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, but yeah, live in a hole. I felt the arrangement was weak. I can't like pinpoint mm-hmm. and say like, oh you should have, because who the fuck am I? You know, I'm be like, oh guys, you you know you did take that post bridge and cut a few beats off of that like secondary post-bridge chorus. In the entirety of the second part of this album is like them going back and forth between ideas that don't always flow all that well. That's the best way to is, say is it. It's kind of how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why... That's why... Th- th- there are great things about it, but they just don't always flow that well. That's a... Um, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, each part you put individually, like, that's cooler as shit. Yes. But there's something about the connective tissue that doesn't quite stand up to the high standard that they have set. Yeah. Right? Like, if if this was any other band, it would be great, right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and then also, like, the solo on Regular People, you can see where it's, like, I feel like this is maybe, like, one of the first, like, experimental solos. Like, where Dime is, like, I'm just gonna do some weird shit. Pretty much, yeah. Which, which you saw a lot of on the next album. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, yeah, this is, you're right. This is one of the first times you really see that kind of thing. And then, uh, and then again, man. Like I said, uh, anytime you do that fucking super skank shit, like, <laughs> like they do that on the outro of this song, yeah. And and I I fucking love it. And Hell I'm yeah, here for it. God, that fucking chorus is so groovy, though. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh. It's good. So good. It's good, man. It's it's nice. Um, so the 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 riff to "By Demons Be Driven," hell of a riff. Wow, so good. Yeah, man. Yeah, I. This is. I love this song, man. And then like the the vocals too. Like it's like, oh, this is where Phil's gonna go. Yeah. Like you get that vibe too. Yep. Um. To. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love this song. Yep. Uh, Hollow. So I put this as one of my fave tracks. Yes. Um, I un- unironically love this song, and this might be the only song, the only Pantera song that, like, makes me emotional. Like, that isn't just, like, this fucking rips, man. You know, but uh, an emotion besides like awesome. Dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, but like makes me tear up. You know, like listening to it, it makes me tear up, and I, it, you know, it might be like a. Uh, but like, I, I still think about Pickett. I still think about Jeremy. Pickett. I was going to bring that up as, as, so, as asking if that was the case, and I understand that. You know, and I understand. So, I mean, I love the song because the song's like actually about a thing. So, on this album, you, you take what you can get. Fuck. <laughs> really? <laughs> 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 but yes. Uh, oh, 
cool. You know, and it's like it's like it's a it's a sad story, but it is about a thing, and it is a thing that that isn't so crazy that you can't relate to. You want should we expound on that at all? Well, I mean, like it's about like a friend that's in a coma, right? You know what I mean? But like that's not like it's a sad story. But it's not so crazy that you can't imagine it happening. Right, exactly. Like, you can imagine that happening to you. It's, you, it's quite relatable. Yeah. You know, you can imagine. It's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm sure I know someone that this has happened to, you know? Yeah. And um, so it has, like, and so, like, there's, like, something that's really, like, about the tenderness, about the emotional, about this, like, the sensitivity of it the heartfelt, the sincerity of it, but then also like the anger, like the, you know, mad at God. Like, it's like, dude, you, anytime you fucking say mad at God, I'm going to be here for it. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. Like. I, a- agreed. At the same time, saying mad at God is just like, okay. It's because you're a heartless piece of shit robert i am it's because you i am don't, you don't feel things that's why i'm mad at god because he didn't give me a heart <laughs> this, is, this is yeah man this is this is why we always referred to the Tao of robert because you didn't <laughs> give a shit about anything um well so yeah anyway but yeah, no, nah, man, I, I love this song. I love uh, and yes. like the, the transition. The... Yes. Incredible transition. Oh! It's... He is hollow as I. <laughs> oh, dude. Makes yep. me want to fucking like fight. They talked about this in the interview quite a bit, how the how that uh, that outro came together, and I wasn't quite clear on what they meant by the outro. I guess. Sure, you I, know, I well, to me, there's like out- three different things they could mean, really. <laughs> to me, the outro is every to to me is the outro is like I guess like the second half of the song. Okay. To me, is the outro is like everything once after- it becomes heavy, basically. Yes. Uh, that me. that could be the case. Yeah. To me. And like, there's just so many like cool ass tiny elements there of just like the like just like the the guitar thing that Dime does. It's like just for a second that sounds like it's a part of a solo, but it's just right there on the downbeat when everything fucking comes in. It's yeah. just goddamn genius. Yep. Um, it makes me so excited. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. And so like that was the thing that was honest. It was really surprising and just so great. But like. The song Hollow, like, it still, like, really does it for me. Sure. Like, it still, like, gets me fucking going, you know. Um, and that's why I, like, had to include it. Yeah. Um, no, no hate from here. Absolutely. So, um... <laughs> the, the, the biggest overall takeaway from this album, uh, definitely, though, is the... The vibe of this album, the, the tone sure. that they struck on this album, right, right, is right, just right, right, like immaculate. Like it's so fucking powerful. That's that's a valid point. And they I... really, they really nailed it, and they they took it forward into their other albums, like because it's it's still there on Far Beyond Driven. Right. It's a well, yeah. It, there's a permit permutation. Like Far Beyond Driven is a little dirtier. Yeah, but but this going from Cowboys from Hell to this album. 
it, like yeah, it, it's almost like they found what they wanted the whole time in a weird right. way. Right. Yeah. So as much as I like, you know, we might shit on the lyrical direction or like, oh, you know, some of these arrangements didn't aren't quite up to snuff with the other things. You know, this does feel like this is like where they it feels tap like the, the vein, you know, <laughs> it feels like they came into their own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where they like figured out what they were going to fucking do. And pretty much. Yeah. And like, again, like. So, yeah, I guess, like, the thing that is, like, if you go back to that thing, like, production, songwriting, performances, technicality, lyrics, vibe, we've talked about all that. The only thing that really is, like, a little meh or not as consistent throughout, I guess, is the songwriting. Yeah. That's, like, the only yep. thing. And, again, this is very subtle. We're talking about the difference between, like, 100% and, like, 90 You know what I mean? Like, this isn't – there aren't any, like, total – you know, the only reason that, you know, like a song like Live in a Hole doesn't seem like the best fucking song ever written is because it's on an album with Mouth for War and fucking Hostile and yeah. This Love. Yeah. You know, so. Yep. Um, all right, let's consult. Let's go. Let's go to the phones. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Um, what did the what did the audience have to say about this? All right. So Jet. Mm, Let's see. <laughs> oh, man. He said, Hollow is the worst song by far. <laughs> it's very refreshing because oh. in so many ways, Jet and I are almost the same fucking person. So but, in, to, but in some ways, you're like diametrically for there opposed. To be a hard pivot. It was like, oh, good. It's good to know. It's good to know okay. that that exists. Good to know the universe still has a, a sense of humor. Right. He's like, but to be honest, as an older guy, Vulgar Display of Power is not my cup of tea in comparison to the first album. Vindication. Well, vindication. As well. Living, living a hole. <laughs> living in a hole. It <laughs> says living a hole. It's probably some voice to text while he's driving to work. <laughs> living a hole. Is also not very good. Um, never mind. Play. Just got past the intro. Faves are here we go. Okay. New level. Okay. So fuck you, Robert Rabel. Fuck, fuck me. That's uh, fine. By Demons Be Driven. Okay. Can Mouth for War. So I think undisputed. Mouth for War. Right? They put it number one for a reason. Like, Pantera knew how to construct their fucking albums, if nothing else. Track one! The Side A Kings, man. Cowboys from Hell, Mouth for War. Right. Fuck, man. A palm, this, I thought this was interesting, too, is right? Like, um, a palm revisitation, though, I definitely find it to be a much weaker album than Cowboys from Hell for me. So he kind of is like, you know, same age as us is kind of echoing the same sentiment of like, this is great. Like vulgar is great and amazing and has like, it's amazing moments, but I, maybe I just don't enjoy listening to it as much as a 38 year old man. Totally. Um, Absolutely. All right. Now let's talk to Shay. Who's a little older. What, what was his shit out? His shit. Oh, song? well, Did you know, hollow. Oh, hollow. Sure. Sure. Or sure. live in a hole. Right. Which is amazing. It's the worst song by far. <laughs> because oh. hollow is one of my essentials. Oh. Live in a hole is your, one of your essentials. No, it wasn't one of mine. It wasn't? It wasn't. What was? 
Um, regular people. Mouth for War, fucking hostile, and regular people. Oh, okay. Man, see, I can't keep all that. I can't, dude, fucking seven, eight, nine, man. I can't keep that yeah, shit that's straight, fine. man. Anyway. All right, Shay. Shay's a little older. Essential tracks. Number one, walk. I can't argue with it. You can't argue. Yeah, it's just I, like, like it's I, just. It's, I'm not gonna agree, but I can't dismiss like, yeah, it. It's not like my favorite to listen to, but it's so much of like the ethos that it's like, all right, fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not gonna like. You can't like really like Pantera doesn't really. Ex- you can't tell the Pantera story without that song. I'm not gonna say you're wrong. So, no. but I don't want to fucking hear it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to hear it again. I've heard it so many times. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I could like w- like we could fucking acapella do the whole fucking thing right now. Um, we're not. We're not. We're not. I'm not. Um, number two, essential track. Essential track for our friend Shay. Number two, fucking hostile. Fucking a. There you go. Fucking a. Fucking hostile. Number three, by Demons Be Driven. Nice. So this is, this is great. Shay and I did not have a single, <laughs> Two thing in a common. single one in common. Um, this is great, though. This is a different perspective than us. This is a different perspective. Coming in hot. And so and I think Shay's perspective is really interesting, really valuable, because he, you know, he's already had his musical identity for 10 years when this fucking album comes out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's already, he's, he's been in bands, he's written songs, you know? And so he's got a totally different mindset and, 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 you know, perspective on this. He says, all in all, it's one of the most perfect sophomore albums of all time. He's like, I count Cowboy Smells, their debut, since they kind of rebooted with Phil on that record. True. It shares enough of the uh, enough in common with Cowboys from Hell, but leans towards the chugginess of Far Beyond Driven. True. Perfect halfway point. That's a great point. Trash track. This love. God damn, I hate that song. Wow. <laughs> Did not expect Fucking that. Hot take, Cotter. <laughs> Did not expect that, but I I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, like I imagine it's similar to sort of how we feel about Cemetery Gates. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You, you, like, you know, on some level, it's an, it's an amazing composition, but, like, fuck that song. I'm so, yeah, but I'm, <laughs> like, goddamn tired of hearing yeah, it, and sure. I'm goddamn tired of people telling me it's the best fucking song. <laughs> you know, you know what you keep this? You know what you keep? You keep this fucking stupid song. Keep this fucking track. <laughs> oh, boy. So. I like that. Good, good shit. Good shit all around. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I got... I think that's it. Well, we had a lot to say about the first two Pantera albums, apparently. First two. And there are more to come. Yeah, man. We got we got other Oof. records to talk about. Boy. We got home videos to talk about. We got live records. We're going to talk about NOLA. Side projects to talk about. Yeah, man. And then we'll talk. Maybe we might talk about fucking Damage Plan. Hell yeah. I don't really care. I'm going to make you. You know what? I, I have some love for that Damage Plan record. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you listen to the highlights. Well, when did that album come out? 03. Okay, I haven't listened to it probably since it came out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'm more than willing to listen to it again. There's it, it's in that it's still in that CD era where it's like we gotta take up the whole seventy minutes. Um, so there's some songs on there that you could you know all right cool you can you can you know, sure. you, know you don't need that one, but there there's some songs in there that's like this is fucking great. Cool. cool, cool. Um, okay. Interesting thing about that record. The f- none of the Pantera records were done to a click track. Oh. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? You hear that? Uh-huh. Kittens and cats. <laughs> you hear that, children? 
None of the Pantera records were done to a click track. What was the damage point on? It was. It was, okay. It was. It was the first record that Vinny did do a click track. Okay. How about that shit? Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. So if you ever are like, why does this damage plant record suck? It's not because Rex Brown isn't there. It's not because Phil and Simon. It's not because you're trying to restart something without the 15 or 20 years of chemistry that you've built up with some other people. Sure, it couldn't be that. Could not be that. It's because of the click track. Yeah.